Hey, this is Chuck Dixon, and you're listening to Signal of Doom. Well, you know, for me, the action is the juice. I'm in. Hello and welcome to Signal of Doom. It's a hot night in Sydney. I'm here with Rich, the main man. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm, I'm actually pretty good. Pretty good. I'm in uh, doing the show a little bit earlier than I planned, but other than sure. that, you know, well, we're doing it, and moving on. We're doing a Thursday, man, instead of a Friday. Sixers commitments, Sydney Sixers commitments. Um, cricket, of course, as usual, dominating my life. Um, I make most of my decisions based around the Sixers commitments at the moment. Um, <laughs> we're we're hunting, hunting for another title. I was surprised that you were surprised. I was like, "Have I never told you about uh, me, Michelle and myself? We're we're like lifelong." No, 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 no. Sixers. But I mean, you've usually planned it better. <laughs> like, no, no, no. You, you know what it was? You know what it was? It was because I can tell you, listeners in the US will find this fascinating. No, there was a, a uh, the last match in the round for the Sixers took place on Tuesday, and the result of that match determined when we would play our final. And so I didn't know until, wow. like, midnight that night. That was because it was all... It, it all came down to... And we won, so then it all... Because it all... I had a whole weekend with my parents that was all hinging on what day, depending on the Sixers' victory. It was all snowballed. My whole life got affected, man. It was for the positive, you know. So, yeah, that was why. That's yeah, fair enough. Yeah, it was all hinging on that. Now, so... Sydney Sixers are in a final. By this, by next show, um, we will know where they wound up. They've got to win two more games to take the title, and they're a contender. That's all I'll say. I wouldn't say that they're heavy favourites or anything, but they're they're definitely in the mix. They they finish second, and uh, you know it's a big one. What about you? Do you support a big bash team, Rich? Nah, just not. I watch it. I watch it, but I don't really doesn't really bother me who wins or loses as long as what's, it's a good game. What's the point? I would just find that so boring. Like, what is the point? Of, why watch it and not pick a team? Why not? Why don't you just back a team? Because I uh, just well, just like uh, watching. I don't just watch uh, one soccer team. I watch all the soccer when it's on and sure. all because I just like to see. But you have a athletic team. People do athletic things. Let me try to remember who your team is. Oh, God, I know your dad's team's Chelsea. Uh, I want to say your team. It's like Aston Villa or something, or. Or, maybe, or Arsenal or no. something. Who is Not it? Not even close. Who is Spurs. it? Spurs. Oh, Tottenham. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I did know that. Yeah, sorry, Rich. Yeah. I, I knew your dad's team. Said, even though I like do like support them, is I don't just watch their games. I watch, I watch all soccer. Like you know, oh, what yeah, I mean, if yeah, I'd spend the weekend watching whatever games are on. I, same with the, the Big Bash. I don't necessarily have a team, but mm. I enjoy watching it because I just enjoy yeah. the competition and seeing people play well. And yeah, no, I you know, that. I mean. Yeah. You watch a game, you pull, you, you know, people uh, can have a smash sort of hit where they fucking pummel someone, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Hit like six sixes in a row or something like that, or yeah. do insane catches on the boundary. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I just enjoy watching just for the spectacle than... Oh, that I agree with. Like, uh, Michelle, Michelle and I will watch many a neutral game. We probably watch more than half of the, if not more, of the games. Like, because Big mm. Bash is, it's over in like three, three and a half hours, it's you know it's a nightly thing. So yeah, when we watch the majority, I, w- I wouldn't like, say all, but the majority. The, the big bash and even like sort of the IPL. It's a, for me, it's a little bit difficult to really get into because I feel like the teams change so sure. often yeah. and thoroughly. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. you support a soccer team, 
generally it's the same side for like you know a couple of seasons yeah they might buy this player but i mean you know what i mean like sure. it's very rare that they have a massive overall of like the entire side or something like that i just find that tends to happen in bbl a lot more uh where yeah, yeah. you know one year it's this team and the next one you're like oh shit like it's a whole new team yeah i agree and um yeah i mean certainly you have your yeah, you're right. There is a there is a fair bit of change, but I guess the Sixers they do keep a pretty stable team. But everyone's aging, so yeah, it's all part of it, though. Is it's interesting. I agree. Soccer teams, especially major teams, um, you know, they. And, re- I mean, because it's a shorter competition. Yeah, two like, games. You know what I mean? I mean, soccer goes on for like almost the entire year. Yeah. So you know, when does the Premier uh, League start again, man? When when does it start? I think doesn't it August or something. I want to watch this Premier League. I, I I'm I feel like I've 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 gotten out of the loop completely over the last few years. Like completely, not, not and only due to just other things I'll, on my mind. I'll be honest with you. I've been, I have started to watch less soccer, but only because I actually enjoy it less since they've introduced VAR. Yeah, I yeah. I mean, that's not the reason I've stopped, but I agree that does become annoying. Um, yeah. It's just so bad. Um, it, it's 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 so poorly managed and run, and yeah. and the, and and having to listen to these guys defend. You know what I mean? Listening to like commentators and and uh, you know like defend it or try and explain it or run interference for how badly the VAR system is. Oh, I just yeah. go. I don't want to watch this anymore, man. It's just so it's terrible. No, I agree with that. Like, if you're going to have a VAR system, it needs to be. Uh, you know, really solid, and and I can tell you in the DRS system in cricket, I've seen some mistakes made by the third umpire with the video technology that are unforgivable, really, because they're obvious errors, and it's obvious that they're just rushing. And I'm just like, like that was the wrong decision, and it's annoying because then they're like the next day, oh yeah, we made, but why did you make a wrong decision? You had all the time in the world to review it. What, the decision you made was an obvious error. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. I, I find that's the part I find annoying when they go to the video, and I understand sometimes the video doesn't have the answer. That I get that. Sometimes it's inconclusive, but when they've made a clear error, and it's like, it's usually because they've rushed. You know, they've just rushed their decision, and it's like, if you if you don't have the concentration for that, you shouldn't be doing that job. Like because, you know, you don't have that many. Like in cricket, like the only thing they're doing is checking a no ball. That's what they're doing. That's their, that's their, you know, every over they're doing that every ball. But unless something goes to them, there's not that much to do. You know, like in cricket, like you check the no ball. Okay, that you do that. That's the thing you're doing every ball. That's something to keep you occupied. But a decision going to DRS, like it happens in Big Bash, one review a game for each team or innings for each team. So it's not that much and many innings go by and the DRS isn't used you know so mm-hmm. that frustrates me and you know I don't know how we got on this topic but I agree with you and VAR and soccer I've seen I, one thing I don't like is when things slow down too much some sports I don't watch rugby league but I know rugby league fans get very frustrated with the amount of video referrals there are and the slowness of the game you know mm-hmm. and it becomes, I think it's just taken so much fun out of the game for people. Like, they, they don't want it to be like, um, you know, the NFL or something, which is, you know, a, a much slower game. 
Well, it's slowed the game down so much, and I think that's boring, basically. Yeah. No, yeah. it's just not as fun to watch anymore. Yeah. So I have, I have been watching it a bit less and less lately. Okay. Well, um, episode 340, I want to say uh, hello to the viewers. Um, you know, it's been a... It's, well, is that a second show of the year, man? Are we, are, right. we, are we second in? I just feel like I found my groove. I've been back at work this week. You know, I'm in a nice groove, nicely caffeinated. We're, we're into the second over. Haven't Exactly, exactly, Rich. I haven't lost my temper yet. I've still got a bit of that chill going from um, from the holiday spirit. You know, like, I, I more than ever, I, I was saying this to Michelle the other day. Like, um, it, was, it was someone was saying, like, in the Australian cricket team, they, they they said you could score runs against the Windies. And I said, I'd like to have a go, you know? I'd like to have a go. I'd like to, and I seriously would like to get out there. I know you laugh, man, but, but like, I, I would need to be warmed up with, like, a with like a good week in the nets, you know? Uh, that, okay, so what I... <laughs> so something I find absolutely funny yeah. is um, even even the worst... Even the worst professional side of anything in the world yeah. would dominate any amateur or person who thinks that they're capable of, oh, well, that's shit team, I could take them. They would kick your ass. I'm not saying I dominate. Even at their bottom of their level, I'm not it's still I way dom- above. I'm not saying I dominate. I'm just saying holding an end up. No, dude, you wouldn't even score a run. <laughs> You'd be our first ball. <laughs> Maybe, Golden yeah. duck. Yeah, potentially. Potentially, yeah. But um, I tell you what, we. It was, it was a funny thing. I, sorry, I just got on a tangent. There was this. Oh shit! I can't remember his name. This is basketball player, right? Mm. And he was like ranked like almost bottom in like you know, the NBA. Yeah. And people should be like, oh, he's so shit, and whatever. He literally, kind of like started the show where he allowed people to come challenge. He'd be like, okay, fine. Yeah. yeah. I'm the shittest player in the league. Come, <laughs> show me how much better you are at me, right? And so many people turned up to take him on. Yeah. Like even one on one and all that sort of shit. Yeah. And he kicked. Every single because what people need to realize, even if you're the worst player in a league, sure, sure, you're still better than like ninety, you know, ninety yeah. percent of the people on the planet. Even when you're the worst of like the best. Yeah, no, I, I, I I'm, I'm of course kidding. I agree with you. I mean, tennis players are the same thing. A guy ranked a thousand in tennis, if people are like, oh, how shit must you be to be ranked a thousand? you you you'd kick the ass out of any sort of like a league you know, like A-League player kind of thing who thinks they're a hot shit in their local comp, that kind of style, you'd absolutely mm-hmm. destroy them. You like you, you would destroy them kind of thing. Um, yeah, absolutely. that's true. It's true. But anyway, I mean, the only thing I could say in something like basketball, there would be some freaks out there in, in the States particularly, I reckon, who play a lot outside. You know how they play a lot in... You know, in the States, they play a ton of basketball. There'd be there'd be some freaks out there that could... I wouldn't say that they could mould into an NBA-quality player, but they would have a lot of ability. Much like, um, say, Curly Ambrose, the West Indian bowler. He was picked on from the beach playing cricket. They, they saw him on the beach and they said, this guy's incredible. It was all natural ability. You know, like, he didn't even like cricket. And and I think Viv Richards saw him bowling on the beach and he said, this guy's amazing, you know, what he's doing with the ball. And they brought him in mm. and he was... Like, I'm saying there would be a few... Fr- like, massive exceptions to the rule. But you would have a few guys who... 
it's kind of like that movie Invincible, which is based on a true story of that guy who was like a. Oh, that yeah, that's the one story in um, that kind of, Mark Wahlberg. You know, Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm I'm just saying, and that guy wasn't the world's greatest player or anything, but he was he 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 could cut it professionally, and he was really just a park player who. You know, everything had gone against him. He hadn't had the opportunities, and he managed to squeak into a team and then was reasonably good for a number of years. Like, there'd be a few people like that, but um, very few. I mean, the amount of guys who in tennis who think that... I, I remember, I'll never forget this. Um, I'm playing a match against a hitting partner. And, you know, I'm very... I've always been very kind of, like, aware of where my tennis game's at. Like... Anyway, we played him, I beat him over five long, tough, ugly sets that went on forever. And I won, and I mean, I when I say I won, I fell across the line. And as we're walking off, I'll never forget it, he goes, you know what, I reckon I could take Hewitt. And I just looked at him like... <laughs> and by the way, Leighton Hewitt at that stage of his career was in the last couple of years, and you know, he, he, you know, he, he was almost done. And I just, I didn't say anything because I just was too polite, but I just thought, dude, you are just so deluded. <laughs> like, yeah. like, you know, like, you are you are just seriously deluded because you, you're saying that because Hewitt was, you know, towards the end of his career, but he was still a very good player, you know, by any normal standards. His body was done, but, I mean, he would just, you wouldn't, I don't think he'd win a game if you, if you played him in a best of, like, three or five sets. I, I'd be surprised if you won a game, you know? because mm. um, you'd have to win four points. Oh, you, yeah, you might yeah. win a few points here or there, but, you know, anyone can win a few points. In a, like, I just... But that's what I'm saying. That's what you're talking about. You're talking about just the delusion of the of the amateur. Like, and the... Yeah, by yeah. The way, well, that's what you know, I said. Yeah. Like, uh, 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 as I said, even the worst professional mm. is still generally better than the best amateur. Definitely, yeah. And, I mean, you know, what, one of the reasons is these guys... In tennis, for example, they're hitting... Obviously, they've got massive amounts of ability and usually have the right body type. They're also hitting thousands upon thousands of balls from the age, you know, usually like six, five or six. Like, you know, they've been hitting... To get to that stage of a career, to have a professional tennis career, they've hit so many balls and, you know, trained with... At times, played the best in the world, like occasionally, and... The level of time and energy and effort and just everything they've put into it is just so much more than someone who plays on the weekend. You know, it's just, mm -hmm. it's a different, yep. yeah. So anyway, it is what it is. I mean, I want that, that is one thing I think is interesting. Um, the, the like, and by the way, though, you, you can have the, these guys who are ranked a thousand or 500, they're, they're making like almost no money. They're making enough money to, survive to get from tournament to tournament like it's a tough existence you know um oh yeah yeah super tough like I, that's one thing i i feel like it's such a cutthroat sport tennis if you're not ranked in the top 100 and getting direct entry into grand slams um it is a tough tough existence you know uh you are so far out of the limelight and i'm not saying you're in the limelight if you're ranked 80 in the world most people in the world don't know who you are but you're, you're making enough money to get into Grand Slams and get into some tournaments and blah, blah, blah. If you can keep your ranking above 100, you know, you're getting something. You know, you're, you're doing okay. But there's the stories that people could tell you who are ranked 800, 1,000 in the world, like, you know, 
they're, they're probably not earning as much as you or I, really, honestly. Yeah. If you, once you, and you factor into the fact that they've got expenses, they've got to travel, uh, they have a coach. Some of them don't have a coach, but the coach is taking a percentage normally. Um, you know, they're sharing coaches. Like, it's, it's, it's a pretty grim existence. And, of course, the, the hope is they get on a hot streak and can push their way up the rankings. But, yeah, it'd be, it'd be tough, you know? Everyone looks, everyone looks at the top ten and thinks, oh, these guys have got it all. Like, they're all worth their $200 million and stuff. I go, yeah, they're the fucking cherry-picked few. You know, that top, that top 20 bracket. Like, well, they're the 1%. Like yeah, in I'd anything say less. Yeah. in life, yeah. there's always the one percent. There's sure. the ninety-nine. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, okay, sports probably a little bit different. You've got the top one percent, then you've probably got the top twenty-four percent, and then you've got the rest of us. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, true. Anyway, it's it's interesting. Um, now, we're sad to report the passing of Richard Franklin, uh, who appeared as uh, Mike Yates, Captain Mike Yates from Unit um, in the Third Doctor uh, series, uh, was really good um, in his role. Uh, he had a, a long run in that John... It was that, during that John Pertwee era with Unit. I don't know if you remember him, Rich, um, mm-hmm. Captain Yates. Uh, I never knew this at the time, although it's, it, it's in the show, that he was playing a gay character, which I totally went over my head. Um, he, but he was, and it was further... He did more stuff afterwards um with the audio adventures and stuff like that when he passed away i think he was like old i saw pictures of him with joe grant um or that's not a name katie manning she played joe grant um obviously obviously from the third doctor she she met with him recently um you know to sort of say goodbye and um you know was touching a photo of the two of them and you know it's just sad to see man but i mean he was a real he was a real um linchpin i tell you who was at supernova one year and I guarantee you, only about 10 people would have cared. Sergeant Benson. Um, if you remember Sergeant Benson from um, from the third Doctor from Unit, like he was the number two to the Brigadier. Do you remember him? Yeah. Yeah, yeah he, he came to Supernova one year, and I, I really wanted to meet him, but he was only doing like a brief appearance, and I didn't get a chance. But I would like to have shaken his hand, you know, because I'm like, man, that's a long way to travel. Um you know, so that's a long time ago kind of thing. Um, you know, but I, I guess they must have made him an offer and it was probably a flight out and a hotel room and he's like, sure, why not? But, but I was kind of I was kind of disappointed I didn't get a chance to shake his hand because there's not many of those guys left from that time period, you know? Mm-mm. No. Um, like Tom Baker's very elderly. There was, he, he did a little bit of stuff just recently, um, a Radio Times cover sort of in the, um, you know, in the costume you know in the jacket with the mm-hmm. I think he had the hat on he's looking very elderly um very frail um mm. you know he's 90 plus so i mean that's no yeah that's no one he's still got so the he's, smile he's basically just hanging on he's still got the smile he's still got the light in his eyes but yeah he certainly um you know i mean once you hit 90 dude it's like it's it's rough you know um yeah it's day by day kind of thing um, but yeah, man. Um, so what have you been up to, Rich, in the, in the last week since we spoke to you? Because we had Tash on last episode with you, didn't we? Yeah. Uh, not much, mainly just working, um, uh, being a bit tired, been doing a bit of storming work because the storming's on holiday. Oh. Um, so doing a bit of manual labor. Okay. Um, and then, uh, uh, because I enjoyed, um, 
the Star Wars uh, Jedi Survivor so much. It kind of yeah. it's put me in a little bit of a Star Wars mood. Uh-huh. Um, so I've been playing the old um, uh, first-person shooters mm-hmm. uh, games like the Dark Forces, you know, with my boy Carl Katan. So I've been playing that. Uh, What's, that on? What, on... What's that on? What? Oh, I've got it on everything, mate. I've got it on PC. I've got it on Xbox. Really? Um, I've even got some re-releases on Switch. Is so, it is it playable um, on Xbox? Like, is does it is it you know good? Uh, I not. Oh shit! I don't know if you can buy it digitally, but I've got uh-huh. the old uh, discs, and they wow. do, they have they now backwards compatible. So yes, they do work on my oh. uh, on my Xbox. So I've been playing them, and oh my god, they just don't make they don't make shooters like they used to, man. Like yeah. it's so it's so fascinating to me. Like it got me thinking that. Like Japan, in like embraced JRPGs, right? Mm-hmm. Like, um, like you know, your Final Fantasies, your Dragon Quests, and and I mean, you look at, just look at the games that come out in Japan on PlayStation, Nintendo, and it is like there's just so many JRPGs, man. Like, I mean, mm. oh. but it seems weird that like, it seems like the American market or the Western market has really dropped the ball because what they used to be fucking good at was first-person shooters. Mm. Doom, Wolfenstein, and then and even even the Star Wars, the Dark Forces, was a massive hit when it came out. Sure. Um, they were using the, I believe it was called the Jedi Engine, right? Mm. Um, and, and and from there, you know, they built first-person shooters, and then you've had, like, a Quake, blah, blah, you know what I mean? And, like, the first-person shooters was a big thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And it's really, it's really dropped off. I mean, other than you're, like, you know, you Call of Duty or something sure. like that, like uh, and your multiplayer games they just don't re- no, there's well, there, not there companies was... out there making a lot of first person shooters anymore i think 360 was the last time that you kind of had like this there was the plenty on the PS3 360 area. there was plenty on the 360 i remember yeah, like, i'm talking about modern now i'm talking yeah. about probably the last 10 years i agree with you um, maybe a little bit more i just think like american companies the american companies have have, have started to get really focused on this sort of in that that God of War, the Spider Man, the mm. the Uncharted, this that into making movies, game mm. movies. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Look, I mean, sure, a g- game should have somewhat of a narrative, but I mean, for me, it's gameplay first. Um, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I can I can deal with a, a lackluster story or a mediocre story as long as I'm having fun, you know, shooting or yeah, or doing shit or whatever. I'm good, man. I'm like cool, man. Yeah, whatever. Basic story, but man, a gameplay. Because um, that's what it was like for with Jedi Survivor for me. I did not like the story, right? I mm. thought the story was very mid mm. at best. Mm. But fuck, was the gameplay enjoyable and addicting and just like, do you know what I mean? Uh, and challenging. I like to be challenged because it, it, it makes me stubborn and you know what I mean? And I won't give up and all that sort of shit. But it just got me thinking. I was playing these games, testing them out and all the game to work on the PC and all that. And I was like, man, this just feels different now. Like, I don't. I can't think of a game that I've played in the last 10, maybe even 15 years mm. that makes me feel like this anymore when I play, like, a shooter. Yeah. I, I, and I, I don't mean, know I, I say, they don't make shooters anymore. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I, look, I certainly think gameplay is definitely, like, number one on my list. Like, the storylines in video games, at times, I find them just almost get in the way of the gameplay, you know, sometimes. Um mm. You know, and other, you know, like gameplay is. I'm with you what? on that for sure. Like I remember, um, I just, I just remember the funny. Um, I can't remember the developer's name, but he said games are like porn. Mm. Yeah, yeah, you can have a story. It's not super necessary. 
It's true. You know what I mean? It's the meat of it. Well, uh, I mean, and I was like, that game. is really true. Well, I remember a game like um, the first Dying Light. I fucking love that game, dude. And the story is so basic. You know what I mean? Like, mm. like there, I mean, look, there's technically a story, but honestly, there almost doesn't need to be because the gameplay was so good. Yeah. It was so involving. The world was big. There was plenty to do. It was it was great fun. And yeah, and and like sometimes in Assassin's Creed, I find the story when they should they and also games are guilty of shoehorning a lot of the story in at the end. Uh, some of these games, like it's like in Assassin's Creed Origins, at the end there's just like all these cutscenes, and you're just like, I just I don't care, you know. Mm. Like it's just well, you, you know. that's the thing. If your cutscene is so long that I can literally put my controller down, yeah. Because I'm going to be sitting here watching it. It's too long. When I was playing these games, these games have like minor cutscenes, but I'm kidding you not. They're like 30 second, you know what I mean? Yeah, they're like yeah. 30, 40 second cutscenes. They are like yeah. just to like have something in between the, the chapters, so to speak. Yeah. Um, look at Nintendo. I mean, Nintendo games barely have any story. People complain, they go, oh my God, how many times can Bowser uh, kidnap Peach or whatever? <laughs> it's like, because it doesn't fucking matter. Yeah, it doesn't That's matter. just the catalyst. And from then, it's just gameplay. Yeah, I, I agree with you, man. I, I totally agree with you. Like, yeah, some games have too much story, and it's not a lot of great story either. It's just yeah. It just clutters it up. I mean, th th that's why the Doom 2016 was such a massive hit. That was great. Because it was a first-person shooter that, like, didn't really f go, like, we're going to come up with a real fucking intricate story. No. You know what I mean? Whatever, whatever. There was barely any story. There was almost no cutscenes mm. whatsoever. Do you know what I mean? They'd give you a bit of the information, a bit of a dump, like when you when you load in on an yeah. elevator, yeah, or, you yeah, know what I mean, yeah. or something like that. But people loved it because it made them feel like they were playing a game from the the the, the Doom shooter, the Boomer shooter days. Totally, and Doom Eternal's the so same. There's a, there's a yeah. there's a couple floating around. Like there's very, but we used to be swimming in it. We used to be swimming in in great first person shooters. Agree with you, Rich, completely. And uh, frankly, Doom Eternal, which I've played a lot of as well, is awesome. You know, it's just full on. It's it, it, it it's draining. It's challenging. Um, I mean, what kind of a story do you need? Honestly, you're clearing out. I'll like, be honest, like I, I enjoy Doom Eternal, right? Yeah. Overall, but I could have done without the um. I could have done without the fucking um, uh, platforming. <laughs> sure. Like, I don't mind a bit of platforming. I I was not a fan of the amount of platforming they put in that game. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. Well, I, you know, I, I I enjoy it. I think it's a fun game. I haven't finished it, but I, I certainly enjoy. Oh it. no, dude. Yeah, but when you but, but when you get to shooting the fucking demons, man, that's when you're like, yeah, yeah, it's great. Give me that chainsaw. Give me the boomstick. Give me. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, that's yeah. where the most fun is. Me having to turn around to face this pole. So I can jump and then cling to it and climb down. I'm like, yeah, that's fine for certain games. I just don't need that in a Doom game, if I'm being honest. Yeah, no, I hear you, man. I totally hear you. That's 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 for sure. Um, now, still, good game overall, and still better than most of the shit. Yeah, yeah. What about um, Signal Abductions this week, Richard? You pick anything up? Uh, no, no, I was too busy, um, uh, as I said, breaking out the old Star Wars first-person yeah, shooters and, you're, you're and loading them up and getting them working and all that. I, I got one thing, Judge Dredd, Tour of Duty, um, a, a uh, 
collection uh, that came out from the Essential Judge Red collections, and it comes out. It's it's the one that follows Origins, which is the one where they go back and they find like the the sort of or the remnants of Judge Fargo and the mutants, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Like it's pretty full on. Um, yeah, it's got a really good wraps, and uh, I picked it up, and um, I also uh, Viper came in my GI Joe classified figure with the with the mask. Did I send you the picture, Rich? Yeah. Um, Oh, so fucking cool! I was I, I was so hungry for this figure. Desert um snake snake eyes desert desert commando is now sitting on my windowsill as I as I record. Just look at him every now and then, just like yep, he's here. <laughs> I needed that figure so bad, he's man. He's still keeping an eye on me. Oh, dude, I I needed that figure so badly. You know, like I I just feel like I waited and waited and waited, and uh, I'm really looking forward to the Crimson Strike team, Baroness and the twins. Um, you know, that's my next my next uh you know item obsession but um yeah just just a light week really Fair enough. now i have a i have a section man desert island discs we've got a lighter show this week and i asked asked to come up with five albums now it can be one album per artist not best ofs but it can be a live album and to come up with five albums uh, michael kellishim did five I've done five. Have you got five, Rich? If you, can you, can you, you uh, even as I've got called? four. I'm still four thinking of the fifth. Okay. Shall we, shall we go? Why don't we do this? We'll do a one. I'll, I'll do Michael's. Then you can do yours. Then I'll, like, we'll do one each and then we'll do the second. You know what I mean? We'll do a round table that way kind of thing. You know what I mean? So to start up with. Well, are we going to go one, 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 and then yeah. two, two, two? Or, That's it, man. Or, That's or exactly what. He's less. No, we're list. doing one, 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 two, two, two. We're making it more enjoyable, man. We're getting oh, deep okay. now. Um, okay, so obviously Michael Kellishim, um, massive, massive um, supporter of the show. Um, our prime Patreon member, and I should mention anyone who wants to join our Patreon, join up uh, patreon.com slash signal of doom. Um, support the show. It helps us out, helps show running costs. Um, keeps you know, keeps me in clover basically. Keeps Keep, the lights on. Keeps the lights on, man. Keeps my keeps my weapon sharpened. You know everything. Now, number one. Now these aren't really in order, I don't think. But um, one from Michael Kellishim was never mind the bollocks. Here's the Sex Pistols. Wow. Gee, I hope he's on a separate island to me because there's one thing I cannot stand. It's the fucking Sex Pistols. Like. I understand that. Cl- <laughs> no, I understand that classic and stuff and blah blah blah. But imagine being stuck on an island with one guy playing that all the time. I'd want to kill myself. I'd probably go into the water and just ritual drowning. But I'm glad Michael's happy and on his album, on on his on his own desert island, he's more than welcome to put on the sex. Pill- what was their song? Anakin in the UK or something? Was that it? Anakin in the UK. I believe that was it. Yeah. God save the Queen or something. And I'm like whatever. Like they're they're, they're icons, but. Wow, I could do without them. Um, now, from me, <laughs> bit of a change from the Sex Pistols is my first one. Frank Sinatra in the wee small hours. I, I had to select a Sinatra album. That's the one that I turned to late at night. It's just such a peaceful, beautiful album. I, I honestly think it's one of the best albums ever made. Um, we could only do one album per person. It was it was either that or Songs for Swinging Lovers for me from Frank, and I, I went within the wee small hours. Are you familiar with the album, Rich? Uh, yes, I, I have heard of that album. It's a great album. I love it so much. Um, Rich, where are you? What's your one? Um, I'm going to start with... So mine's a bit all over the place, but sure. uh, I I was having a real hard time picking a Queen album. Sure. 
but I've decided to go with uh, a kind of magic. I was going to say it's a kind of magic. What? What? Give me some of the songs that are on the actual album, other than "It's a Kind of Magic." What? What? What are we doing? Well, the, the three big ones are "It's a Kind of Magic," "Princess of the Universe," and yes, "Who yeah. Wants to Live Forever." And like, "Prince of the that's Universe." The three big ones. "Prince of the Universe" goes in a "We Are the Champions," doesn't it? Is that right? We are the champions. Is that is that on that album or not? I, no. Uh, "Prince of the Universe" is a great song, and um, "Who Wants to Live Forever." Yeah, and also another another one on there is uh, "Friends Will Be Friends." Friends will be friends. One vision. One vision. Uh, like I, that's a good album. I just that to me, uh, I know because okay. So here's the thing: Queen's got a lot of great songs, right? Hell yeah! But I just feel like a kind of magic has just got so many bangers on it. Do you know what I mean? Like it just does. so many, just cool songs that you could just listen to like over and over. Like well, it's yeah, a kind of magic is is yeah. to this day my favorite one. Well, I mean, I, I think you've sold it because when you mentioned the um, the songs on that fucking album, I mean, that's that's amazing, you know? Can you believe this? On Apple Music, they do essential albums and It's a Kind of Magic isn't on the essential albums? Like, really? I know. It's cri- Can I be honest with you? What? It is criminally underrated. Queen Queen's It's what a Kind of Magic a kind of magic is criminally underrated. It's a good album, man. I, I, I like it. It's got... Yeah, friends will be friends. Yeah, no, um, yeah, one vision. I think, um, you know the, the you know the song Radio Gaga. He played yep. that at nearly every Queen concert ever. It there's like ever since obviously the song whenever the song started. I don't know when, but apparently that that he he just never didn't play it. Like there might be one or one concert ever where he didn't play it. He that was a staple. So it must have been a favorite of Freddie's. You would think. Mm. Radio Gaga. Oh, could be, could be. Well, I mean, you know, yeah, that's amazing. Well, that's a strong fucking album, man. From you, I must admit, I'm I'm actually pretty happy with that one. So I'm, I'm almost like, wow, what did I think of that? Um, then, well, well, Michael Kellership has redeemed himself with with all his next picks. Um, David Bowie, The Rise and Fall of Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders from Mars. That's an incredible album. That's an incredibly good album, actually. If you're going to pick a David Bowie album, I think that that probably is his most at least he's most iconic in terms of the number of songs on there that are just just bangers, as you say. You know what I mean? Like, it's just wall-to-wall. It's a, it, That's a fantastic album. Um, obviously, from me, Bob Dylan. Obviously, was. can you imagine how tough it was for me to pick one album from Bob? I went with Highway yeah, 16. Yeah, and listen, it can be tough. It can be tough. Well, that's why I, I said to do just one from each, because otherwise you're just going to go wall-to-wall with Bob. Um, <laughs> I, I did uh, Highway 61 Revisited, um, Like a Rolling Stone, Desolation Row. Um, it's an amazing album. Like, I mean, actually, I'm going to bring it up here. I'm just trying to recall all the songs on that album that are famous. I, th- I think Ballad of a Thin Man is on that album. Um, I always get it confused with Bringing It All Back Home, which is the album just before it. But definitely, um, like a Rolling Stone um, is an amazing song in itself. But Desolation Row was the song that just I always felt was was probably the best. It, to me, the best, the best, you know, song he, he ever did, at least for a long time. Let's have a look here at the songs that are on Highway 61 Revisited. Um, like a Rolling Stone, Tombstone Blues. Um, yeah, Takes a Lot to Laugh, Trying to Cry, Ballad of a Thin Man, Queen Jane Approximately, Highway 61, Just Like Tom Thumbs Blues, Desolation Row. Yeah, it's an amazing album. Um, yeah, so th- th- that's in there for sure. Uh, then we had, um, what's your pick, Rich? 
for number two? My second, my second pick. Mm. Yes. Uh, so uh, I'm going to go with uh, Disturbed's uh, album Indestructible. Tell me what Disturbed are. I remember them vaguely. What, what was their what was their genre? Is it like hard rock? Uh, it's it's heavy metal. Wow. They, so they're the guys that do that. You, you've probably heard the song. It's the you've probably heard the song Down with the Sickness. Probably. Yeah. It was used in like the uh, remake, uh, the the Snyder remake of the Dawn of the Dead. Okay. It's been used in a lot of songs. Um, they've oh, just recently they did a cover of the uh, Hello Darkness, My Old Friend. Oh, I heard um, that. That was good. Yeah. Uh, now, like this was tough because they got good albums. Like Ten Thousand Fists is another good album of theirs. But if again, I got to pick one, mm. I'm going to go with Indestructible, probably because I just listened to that one the most. What's it called? Indestructible. Um, what? It's just called Indestructible. Indestructible. Like the, okay. they, they had two albums that came out. One was about 2005, one was about 2008. Mm. Um, so about three years apart. So they, they cool. released these two. So they're very similar sounding. That's good. Uh, 10,000 Fists and Indestructible. But um, see, I told you, my music is a bit eclectic. So That's okay. <laughs> um, oh, that's fine. I love a bit of heavy metal. Um, and I had to pick one because I was trying to go like, I've got to pick heavy metal. I like Skillet. I like obviously Metallica. Mm. But I don't want to, you know what I mean? But I'm trying to get a bit of a... A broader sort of genre. If I'm going to be taking, you know, five albums, would I the, can't would, have it all be the same shit. I've got a question for you. Um, if you're going to go Metallica, would the Black Album be up there? Because I must admit, I like. I mean, Black is probably their best album yet. I do. I, I myself, t- and I'm not a really a heavy metal guy, but I, I myself like the Black Album. I think it's very. The good. Black is basically that's the album where they kind of hit mainstream. Yes. So, so Black is you know into the Sandman like it's. That that's the one where that's kind of what put them on the the mainstream map. Yes, yes, agreed. Yeah, no, yeah, definitely. Um, okay, then we. Gee, I mean, uh, Michael Kellishim, fucking genius. Um, Johnny Cash at Folsom Prison. Yeah, one of the greatest albums of all time. Um, live album. Um, it's just fantastic. Uh, we all know it from the film when they say you're going to have the same old pickers. Uh, playing the same old songs, you look like you're going to a funeral. Maybe I am. Um, yeah. What a fucking album, Michael Kellersham. Michael Kellersham has just blown us away with that selection. Have you heard it, Rich? Johnny Cash, Live at Folsom Prison? Ever sat down and, and put that one on? Uh, no, I can't say that I've, I've listened to that, like, sat and listened to that album. I mean, I've obviously heard songs yeah. from the album, but I haven't sat and, and like, listened to the whole album. Do yourself a favour and do it tonight after the show. Just put it on in a darkened room, you know? Johnny Cash. Um, now, me, obviously a Johnny Cash album, but but I, I have a pick that you may not know that I love this album. And I wanted it to be picks of us now, if we were going to go on that island now, today, you know? Um, I love this album. I don't know if you're familiar with the band Jane's Addiction and the album Nothing Shocking. I love this album. It's fucking great. And I rediscovered it recently after not listening to it since the 90s. And I was like, man, this is such a good album. And I I remember, <laughs> it's so funny, um, early 90s, back when I was doing <laughs> a lot of marijuana, I had some friends that were really into like, um, like not even he- well heavy metal, but also like death metal. I swear to God they were. Mm-hmm. And I, I look, I honestly couldn't stand it, but they were nice. They were very nice guys. Anyway, but amongst their crazy shit, 
that they used to listen to, like just stuff that I just was always like, wow, you guys are just one step away from like consorting with the devil. Um, they did have some stuff that was kind of like their light affair, if you know what I mean, like scattered around. And and I have always liked that kind of stuff. And and I and that's where I discovered this album. And I they played a song, and I was like, wow, I really like that because I was so used to like just not hating, but just like I would ignore their music, if you know what I mean, because it was just noise. And I was like, that's really good. And they go, oh yeah, you might like this one, Dave. And and he lent me the CD, and I went home and listened to it. And I was like, "This is an amazingly good CD. Nothing shocking. It's called. It's got the song Jane Says. You know, Jane Says. Have you have you ever heard of Rich Jane's Addiction? Nothing shocking. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I love it. I it's it. I just think it's just like I think it um it at the time was just before Nirvana and stuff, and it did cause a lot of waves. The guy went on, um from it Perry Farrell the lead singer and Dave Navarro actually is in it too who's like the really good guitar player who was briefly in the Chili Peppers do you know Dave Navarro he does he's on that show LA Inc or something um he's kind of like oh uh, yeah 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 yeah. I've he, never really like watched it but I've seen snippets of yeah it. he's like the too cool for school guy like he's pretty cool mm-hmm. but he's very aware of how cool he is but um he's a super good guitar player and they had um this song from their next album called Being Caught, Stol- Being Caught Stealing, which is kind of annoying, but it's good. But this album, I'm serious, like, if, if, if you want something from, like, the late 80s, 90s, that was kind of counterculture, but just at the moment when it sort of went mainstream, this is an amazingly good album. I think it's, I wouldn't say underrated, maybe a little bit forgotten. Um, and I rediscovered it recently, and I was like, man, I, I love this, this fucking album so much. Now, uh, it's your pick, Rich. What, what have you got? Uh, so the next one is I listen to this one I think almost every night for like a whole couple of years uh, living it? in South Africa when I was a, a young teenager and I got a finally got an LP sure. you know record play in my room uh, Michael Jackson's Off the Wall great album fantastic album yeah it's a, isn't that the one that's got um uh what's the song called Rich it's like can't stop or something it's it's what's the song called it's like can't stop this thing we've started or something like what's that what's that song called off, off the wall i'm gonna find it is oh uh, shit you got you you asked me to remember song I'm, names I'm, I'm going to i'm gonna it's got a really famous song on it like it's a great album it's the it's the album he did before thriller isn't it um yeah, yeah. well I, I believe off the wall was his first solo don't stop till you um, get enough don't stop till you get enough that yeah, was, don't, yeah don't stop till you enough um this was, I believe this was his first solo one. Really? Wow. I think it was. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm just reading it on, um, I'm reading it on um, Apple Music. No longer a precocious... Got... Go ahead. Yeah, because it's got like Rock With You, Off The Wall, uh, She's Out Of My Life, like, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, and as you said, Don't Stop Talking, Get Enough, you know. So, yeah, another, I just, again, another album that has got so many good songs on it. See, this is also sometimes the problem in finding a good album is some people, they've maybe got like, you know, they come out with an album, but there's only like really one or two, you know, sort of songs where you're like, geez, I can listen. And the rest are kind of like, eh, whatever. It's kind of, you know, I guess they had to make the album. So 
you got it. You know what I mean. You got to try and pick like an album where you just like I, I can listen to the whole album yeah. and I know every song and every song is like really great. It's yeah. really hard to find those. That's the problem. Like oh, totally. Well, th- that's why I picked this thing because it needs to be more than one or two good songs. You know, like everything we've picked, even the fucking Sex Pistols, it it, it is a very strong representation of their work. You know, like um, yeah. I, now I've got a question for you, and please don't get offended. But, like, in South Africa, how come... You, I wouldn't have thought you'd be allowed to buy, like, black artists and stuff. Was that... Or is that not the case? <laughs> so I'm, I'm, not, I'm, I'm, I'm being serious. Like... No. no. <laughs> like, they weren't that strict. I thought they might ban it, like, because they're like, oh, Michael Jackson's black, we're not going to sell his stuff or something in the shops. Yeah, Did you have to buy... In, in 1975, no. Okay, all right. Well, oh. seven, yeah, 70, 79, sorry, 78, 79. Actually, <laughs> shit, I think this record came out I have no idea what just before out. I was born. So maybe you got it. So, no, but I'm serious. So it, it wasn't like, because you've got to understand, like, we always heard about apartheid. You, you could go in and get things, like, they weren't, no, like, that strict. No, 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 no. There was even, oh. like, there was even African artists and all that sort of stuff. Okay. All right, well, there you go. You learned something. I thought it was, like, super yeah, okay, strict. So, so you basically... Okay, so here's the thing. Like, um, I'm not... When I say here's the thing, it's not like I'm saying it wasn't that bad. <laughs> I think a lot of people have got a bit of a misconception about South Africa is that they just didn't like to mix right, the white and right. the black. Gotcha. So basically, apartheid, it's segregation. Yeah. And, yes, they did not give... Uh, black people the same rights you know sure. didn't allow yeah. them to vote and yes you, you know that's the black area that's the white area yeah. but they didn't you know what I mean but they didn't no one in South Africa walked around thinking that like they animals and can't make music or right. you know what yeah. I mean or, or yeah. like it, it's not it wasn't like that level of, of right. racism it was not okay. racism but not like yeah. not like that level of like gotcha. Jesus, these are like Animals you know, and... I, I thought they might have actually, like, I, I'm naive, I guess. I, I thought they might actually have gone as far as, like, banning the sale of it. But, no, they didn't. Well, at least they did. And, and to be fair, that is probably something that could be more in, like, 40s, yeah, 50s. Back in the old days. Once you get to, like, 60s, 70s, no, like, yeah. it's, yeah. it's a completely different world now. So, I mean, yeah, maybe when you get closer to the 1900s, sure. that's maybe more of a, you know... Yeah, we don't stock black artists or something like that. Even if yeah. it's American artists, but not 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 really. Really, by the time you get to the sixties and seventies, right. yes, are those sort of laws still in place? But I mean, yeah, yeah people are still gonna you know uh, listen to a black artists. You, you could walk into the equivalent of what would have been like a HMV back in the eighties and have bought like a Michael Jackson album. Is what I'm saying. Oh god, yeah. Like when I was again when I was a kid and I was raiding my dad's like record album and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, Again, uh, Michael Jackson, Earth, Wind, and Fire. You know what I mean? Sure. Like yeah. um, uh, Stevie Wonder. Yeah. Like Definitely. you know. Um, again, my, my dad's also not that old. It's not like he was. Yeah. You know, I mean, like he was also living in the 1900s or something like no, that. No, no, no. He's yeah, um, yeah. he was buying you know, stuff in the 60s. And you know, 70s. he he would have been in the, in the 70s. He would have been in his 20s. So sure. Yeah. Um, he, he's grown up in the in the better. You know, the better on the road to. Yes. Uh, ending all that sort of sort of thing. So again, uh, when I grew up, no, that was definitely not. Okay, well, that we, wasn't a thing. We learned something every day, so it wasn't quite as bad as what Dave's picturing. Um, now, uh, actually, now um, Michael Kellership's got a good one here. Rod Stewart, Vagabond Heart. I, 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 I'm familiar oh, with. Yeah. 
I love the a couple of songs from it, but I couldn't name the actual. Is that the one that's got? Oh, um, my uncle was a he was a massive Rod Stewart fan. Massive Rod Stewart fan. Rod Stewart is pretty cool, <laughs> to be honest. I actually like Rod Stewart. I think he's pretty cool. I mean, he has um, that he he did the cover of um, you know, down down what was it, Downtown Train, um, and it, was it Every Beat mm-hmm. of Your Heart? I think was the the one with the sort of bagpipes and stuff. I'm just bringing up. While we're talking, yeah. I'm bringing up my, my grandfather uh, was Scottish, and um, he he one thing he loved about Rod Stewart was when Rod Stewart said in an interview, his only his biggest regret in life is that he wasn't born Scottish. I thought he was Scottish. No, no, Rod Stewart <laughs> desperately wanted to be Scottish. Oh, I thought he was. Oh, no. again, you probably thought that because he like he, he wore the kilts and all that, but uh, right. that he was so. He literally, in his heart, wanted to be Scottish. Well, God bless him. I mean, there you go. I actually thought he was. Um, yeah, Rhythm My Heart, um, Downtown Trains on there, um, which is a great song. Uh, the Motown song, um, yeah, Have I Told You Lately? Yeah, that, that's a good album, actually. Yeah, and obviously, mm. he, he's actually, Rod Stewart's one of those guys, he's got a lot of good songs. He's, he actually does have a lot of good songs. Like, one of my favourite Rod Stewart songs is Young Turks. Um, that's a great song. I, I love that song from the mm. early. early um, I mean, another good, uh, another good Rod Stewart album is if Every it, Picture. I think yeah, something if it, like that. Every Picture Tells a Story. That's a great album. That's got um, Maggie May on it and other stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. a great album, actually. I agree. Atlantic Crossings, another good Rod Stewart album, actually. Um, he's he he actually is a really he's actually got a lot of really good songs. Um, he he sort of tapered off for a while but he had a really hot run yeah. for about 10 years where he pumped out a lot of hits he's a he, he i've never seen him live but i bet you he, he would have been incredible live you know um mm. he, he was he's a good performer uh so that was that was michael's then i've got oh yeah i had to pick a tom petty album and i had to think about this it's wildflowers i, I seriously think it's one of the best albums i've ever listened to it's wall to wall every song's an essential and that's why i'm picking it tom petty uh, you don't know how it feels. Wake up time. Uh, time to move on. Uh, wreck me. Um, it's got honestly. If you can do one thing with your lives, kids, after listening to this, go and check out your Apple Music, your Spotify, and tap in Wildflowers. Tom Petty. It's brilliant. Tom Petty's got like fucking ten albums that are awesome. You know, with the Heartbreakers. But this is an exceptionally good album. And I've got to say, for me, life changing. I remember being in a room, and I was like. I'm not going to exaggerate, not at a low point, but I was like, you know, something or other, who knows what had happened in my life, but I wasn't in the best mental shape, put on this album, and I was just like, this is such a good album, and yeah, I would even say life-changing for me, I I still remember listening to it for the first time, and I was just like, wow, this is amazing to me, and um, yeah, it was Turning Point. And I'll never forget it. And I still regularly... I mean, I'm always playing Tom Petty in the car. So it's not... It's not a week would go by where I'm not blasting some Tom Petty. And it can be from all... He's one of those guys... He's never bad. He's always good. His albums are always good. They're packed with good songs. And, you know, it's just where you're going to find on the dial. But that Wildflowers period, he was in a very creative place. Uh, now, what have you got, Rich, for number four? Um, so my next one is... Um my dad listened to a lot of Beatles. He's a massive Beatles fan. Mm. Probably one of it's probably his favorite fucking group, artists, whatever, in the whole wide world. But the 
I've always got a special place for Help. Great album. From the Beatles. Um, and also just because I, I also watched the movie when I was a kid and I actually thought the movie was pretty hilarious. Um, it's a lot uh, of fun. I know there's not a lot of like great, great songs off the album, but just oh, slow down. And help. Slow down. No, man. no, no. Yeah. Uh, look, in by comparison, I'm talking about, I mean, the Beatles have had a massive uh, career with a lot of songs, but I'm sure. just saying like other people might pick some other albums with maybe a few more like uh, songs on it, but Oh yeah, I just, but yeah, it's good. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with help. I just oh. it's got a special place in my heart. It's a fantastic album. I mean, it's got help. Um, you've yeah, got a, you've got a, you, you've got to hide your love away. Yesterday, um, you're gonna lose that girl. You're gonna lose that. I love that song. Ticket to Ride. It's got Ringo's hilarious like cowboy song. Act naturally. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's a good album. I, I mean, I I know what you mean by the Beatles. They have some albums where every single song is a classic, but that has um you've got to hide your love away is that that's an underrated Beatles song you know that's that's a that's a really good song in itself um yeah another girl's good but i i like you're gonna lose a girl you're gonna lose that girl you know that's a good song very good mm. and it's fun too because it comes from they did the film you know because the film's got like the sort of mini videos in it you know where they're doing all the crazy yeah. shit. Oh, the film is hilarious man the film is is genuinely funny yeah it's funny now well, um, i thought so as a kid anyway Ah, it's fun. It's very fun. Um, that's where John Lennon went through what he called his fat Elvis period. He put on a little bit of weight and stuff, and like um, it was kind of he was the only time he was ever really carrying any weight. Um, now he's a rocker at heart, Michael Kellishim, because he's got, he's got Ramones' Road to Ruin. I don't really. I mean, I know they're very highly regarded. Um, obviously, he's a bit of a punk rocker, old Michael, isn't he? He's a bit of a punk. You know, Ramones. Mm. Are you are you familiar with the Ramones? I mean, I I know. Yeah, of course. Okay. Give us a song. Well, there, I think uh, what, what I was going to say is I think that if uh, if you're a fan of the, um, I think if you're a fan of the Sex Pistols, you're definitely going to be a fan of the Ramones. Jesus. Like, what if you don't like the Sex Pistols? <laughs> and Michael's. Well, born. you may still like the Ramones, but I mean, it's it's they not that they're very similar, but they're kind of in that same energy vein yeah, type yeah. of like thing. But Ramones are, are, are great. I know that they're, they're um, what do you call it? They weren't they super catchy and short songs? Like they were really sort of like high energy performers, you know? Like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I suppose you have to be. I mean, when you put in that much energy into a song and a performance, you're tired. You get yeah. tired quickly. <laughs> well, uh, the Heartbreakers had a had a had a saying: uh, "Don't bore us, get to the chorus." Um, was the was the heartbreakers <laughs> heartbreakers motto? There you go. Now I've I, I've got my my last one. I've got to pick between two. It's either Susan Vega's first album, which I love, or Super Unknown Soundgarden, and I just can't decide. But either of them on any given day, Susan Vega's out is a brilliant artist. But her, that album of hers, mm. self titled, it's just a beautiful album. It's got Mullen on the Wall. It's got uh, Queen and Soldier. It's just got a lot of good songs. And I've seen it live. I think I've only seen it. Have I seen it once or twice? I'm not sure. But I but I really like her. Um, and yeah, I listen to her a lot. Now, Super Unknown Soundgarden is just a great fucking album. Like um, Black Hole Sun's on there. Spoon Man. Spoon Man. Um, My Wave. Um, Fell on Black Days. It's a fucking great album. Um, you familiar with the album, Rich? Super Unknown? Vaguely, uh, yes. I wouldn't say that I'm intimate with it. Well, imagine Davey just like a lot of um, a lot of dope being smoked, 
and and just like, <laughs> say hello to the super unknown. And I'm just like, yeah, right on. Um, yeah, just gazing into death. Black hole sun, here she comes. Um, yeah, and sad that um, Chris Cornell hung himself. I'm always like, I, I I just never understand why he did that. I'll never I'll never get it. He I I, under, I get it. He must have had depression of some sort. Clearly, um, but you know, I just I'll never get it. I he must have been on some sort of weird trip, because because it wasn't like he hung himself, you know, back then. He was like years later when it was like you know he had like so much money in the bank account, had a wife and kids, you know, he'd had audio slave. I I just never. That's one of the imponderables to me. I don't get it. Mm. He, he wasn't a young guy, you know, kind of young and dumb. You know, he's in his 40s. What's your perspective on that, Rich? Like, what did you... Did you find that odd? Because I found that odd. Uh, look, I can... I can... Um, as someone who's obviously... I think, look, I think everyone in their life has, has gone through shit and sure. uh, uphill battles and stuff and all that. Obviously, there's different... Uh, uh, levels. Levels of that. Um, but as someone who has faced... You know, uh, I, I've had some, you know really rotten times and all that sure. I've never once contemplated so it's I can't it's one of those things where I can't even I can't even empathize I can't oh. even put my mind you know what I mean like sometimes you sure. can kind of go oh look I don't agree or whatever but I can understand or I can empathize or I can I can kind of see where they, I, it, suicide is one of those things where my brain just it can't. I, I can see it in some it, situations. It I can see it in some situations. Like I, I, I get it. Some, but I, I, just in his case, I'm, I, I just find it odd. I believe there was some talk that apparently his medications may have fucked him up badly, along with potentially other drugs and like a cocktail. Again, possibly, but that means that my brain's never been fucked up enough to even contemplate that. That's what I'm saying. Like yeah. what I'm saying is, is, it's not that I'm like, oh my god, how dare they? What I'm saying is that. My brain yeah. has never been in a situation. I don't know what this situation is. Yeah. I don't know what is happening inside their brain, their mind that would do that. Yes, are they are they in their head? Are they hallucinating? Are they? You know what I mean? Like, mm. do they believe they're another plane of existence and sure. and they don't even realize? You know sure. that they yeah. jumping off a bill. Like that's my point. I I literally cannot. Yeah. I cannot get into their mindset of what would make someone do that or or, or anything. Like I just. Yeah. It's one of the things where I just can't. It's very I, I sad. Cry. It's very sad. He left behind a, a wife and young family, and I, I always just feel sad for them. Like, you know, it's just it's just a real tragedy. Um, but he was a great artist, and Soundgarden were a fucking kick-ass band. Like, frankly, they 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 rocked yeah. the house down like big time. Black Hole Sun, mind you, his music was always pretty dark and depressing. Um, you know, like, you know, yeah, he, but that doesn't. To be fair, that doesn't mean anything. I mean. No. A, a comedian who commits suicide was technically always laughing and telling jokes. Sure, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, like it was no, it was hard rock, but but it wasn't like um, no, no. But I'm saying yeah. just because you necessarily write something depressing doesn't literally mean that's what you're depressing. Just and just because yeah. you tell jokes, yeah, it doesn't mean just and seem jovial off doesn't mean that you're not miserable. It's just sure. I just think some people their brains just write songs that way, maybe lyrically, and you know, and 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 you got to remember, I think. If you go back to like your nineties, nineties mm. was definitely very grunge, very like oh, super, yeah, uh, dystopian, fucking like everything yeah. he said, you know, there's no future type thing. So it was also a market. 
that's true. No, it was, man. Like, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone was writing like that, that, that hard rock, um, sort of. Uh, what what I've been doing uh, recently when I've been driving and all that sort of stuff is I've been putting on one hit wonders. Sure. And I've been doing it by the decade. Yep. And what I've noticed when I got to the nineties, mm. and I was listening to the one hit wonders of the nineties. Good Lord, all of them, so many of them are miserable. <laughs> or sad, you know what I mean? Or sad or, yeah. pathet, you know, path- when I say pathetic, I don't mean like, but I just mean like, pathetic is in like, they make you f- like feel pathetic and yeah. the shit's too much and all that. And I was like, damn, the 90s was really fucking oh, it was. Um, uh, melancholy. You know what I mean? Like, it Definitely. was really sad, the 90s. Definitely, man. Um, do you remember that band? They had this one song. It was like digging up kryptonite. Um, that song. It was like it was Superman was mentioned in oh, it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 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 was it Three Doors Down or something like that? It might have been. I don't know who what it was who it was called, but but like, but it was like digging up kryptonite. I used to love that song. I, I I really liked that song. I thought it was really cool. They mentioned Superman. Actually, I think in the nineties, three songs came out that was about Superman. Really? Yeah. No, it was cool. Um, so it's your choice to wrap, wrap it up, Rich. What are you going to finish this with? Uh, look, I, I'm, I, I was really struggling with this because there's just so many mm. stuff, but I've decided I was going to stick with my trying to go for different genres. And so I've decided to go for something a little bit more modern, mm. um, even more modern than disturbed in the two thousands. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, over the last couple of years, I've been really getting into like synthwave. Okay. Um, yeah. Which is, it's got like this 80s rock synth wave kind of style. It's very like, um, you know, like John Carpenter music? Yes. Yes. I do. It's very kind of like uh, in that sort of vein and all that. And I had to toss it up. Uh, there's two really good ones that are my favorite. Uh, one is uh, uh, Dancing with the Dead. Uh-huh. And the other one is LeBrock. And I've probably been listening to LeBrock a little bit longer, so I'm going to give it to LeBrock. And the album of theirs I'm going to choose, actually a very more recent one, it's a 2021 album called Fuse. Okay, wow. Um, I'm throwing a bit of a, a left-field one there, not going the classic route. Um, no, I like I'm going it, to get something a little bit more modern. And, and, and what, what, did, what did you say it was called? LeBrock, and what was the album title? Uh, Fuse. So the album is called Fuse. It's, it's them, one of their more recent ones. Okay. Um, they just—I I, just—their uh, stuff is really good. I mean, you can pick any of their albums. I've got some really good songs on on each album. But I don't know modern music. The only stuff I've really been listening to is is like the synthwave kind of. Well, I still listen to some modern rock like uh, Falling in Reverse and oh. Five Finger Death Punch and all that sort of stuff. These people are still sort of kicking around making music. But modern as is something I never used to listen to before. Something I've only really discovered recently is is like this. Revival '80s synthwave yeah. type music, and it's really good. I um I I do like some modern stuff. Like I tell you, what artist that like she's not gonna be in my top list. Um, is um Olivia Rodrigo is her name? I really like her. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, uh, listen, can I? <laughs> is I I don't know if it's because my ears so bad for the shit like the the modern stuff. Oh. There are so many female artists to play. If you were to play me 20 songs from 20 different female artists, I would swear they were all the same person. They do have a sound. She certainly has a sound. Um, I, someone who came very close to, was Cheryl Crow. Um, her first two albums I fucking love. Um, either one of them. Probably I'd go the second one because I just love it so much. But I was very close. But I didn't have anything that was 
post-90s. My stuff was all Frank Sinatra, 50s, Bob Dylan, 60s, Jones Addiction, late 80s, Tom Petty, 90s, Susan Vega, Soundgarden, Sheryl Crow were all 90s. Whereas you, at least, you got into the... You got to 2021 or whatever, man, so you're current, you know? Well, I mean, as I said, I gave it a bit of thought. And, I mean, as I said, if, if you're telling me I'm going to be stuck on an island, but I get to choose... Yeah. I just, I didn't want to, like, as I said, I kind of didn't want to pick everything from the same kind of decade or the same sort of genre. You want different moods and stuff, you know, that's what, that's how I was no, trying that's to that's my point. I want my one day, because that's how I am now. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? One week, I'll just listen to Synthwave every time I'm driving and all that sort of stuff. And then the next week, I'll be over it. And then I'm listening to 80s classic rock. And then, yeah. you know what I mean? The next week, I'm listening to heavy metal. Like, I'm, I know who I am. I'm that person who... I get into, like, I'll, I'll have a, an urge for something, and then a week later I'll have an urge for something else. Yeah, you're changeable. That's fair enough. Now, I should mention Michael Kellisham in Signal Abductions. He pointed out there's a Target-exclusive McFarlane Toys Animal Man figure with an angry badger. Uh, he gave up buying toys until he saw Buddy Baker at a local Target. You win this round, Todd. Uh, look, some of the stuff <laughs> McFarlane does is actually pretty cool. I've got a Nightfall Batman. Um, and a couple of other, I've got his Lobo as well he put out of course I've got that like there's some surprise but but the the, the amount of stuff he, I got you a McFarlane toy for Christmas what was it again I got you remind me was, oh you got me Frankenstein that's right yeah no he, he really some of the stuff they do it's really a deep cut like some of it's not you know but, but mm. I'm impressed by by some of the stuff now have you heard this stuff about William Shatner? He's having a big fight with Paramount. Paramount are trying to ice out Captain Kirkridge. Yeah, I brought this to your attention last week, Dave. Okay, you. all right. Well, um, did you put this news in here about... Um, nope. Okay, so... The, pa- Shatner recently expressed his belief Paramount will never bring back his iconic Captain Kirk role for upcoming seasons of franchise spin-offs because they feel threatened by the character. The 92-year-old actor mused on the subject when ex-users asked him about his feelings on Paramount, making a movie with actor Patrick Stewart reprising the role in the universe as Captain Jean-Luc Picard. One user asked Shatner, what do you think about all the activity about Sir Patrick's announcement there's a Picard movie script in the works? Shatner began with a positive response, I think that a new movie with Sir Patrick is wonderful news, and he included a gif of Snow White gesturing alongside the caption, haters gonna hate. Another user asked, but will we ever see Captain Kirk again? To which Shatner offered a cheeky response. All you have to do is look at the Paramount Plus graphics to answer that question. Uh, he replied, adding an image of the studio's Star Trek promotional material, which included current and iconic ones from the franchise's past. However, Kirk was not present. Which is ridiculous to me. Like, that you're and, trying to delete Captain Kirk. And if you think about it, he is also the only captain that was a bit of a horn dog. Sure. I mean, yeah, he was. I mean, I wouldn't say he was that bad, but he, it's over. No, but, oh, no. but compared yeah. to the others. Yeah, who are the others? If you if you take Shatner uh, and 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 uh, or uh, um, Kirk and and compare him to the other, yeah, he he was a he was a he was a, a Casanova. He was, he was a Romeo. Lady. Like, yeah. you know, he like he liked the ladies and he didn't mind hitting on them. I don't think I've almost ever seen Picard hit on a. You know what I mean? Like it was very rare. No, he for Picard. Like, he had a romance with the Doctor over many years. Yeah. You know. Oh look, sometimes he might be smitten with a woman, but he never really put the moves on her no. like like Shatner would. You know what no. I mean? And Cisco, um, Archer, yeah. um, Janeway, uh, Janeway. I mean, 
Did you ever uh, find... Even even Pike and, and the new Discovery crap and all that, no one. There's not been a, a one who's just... Who's jovial, uh. you know, loves the ladies, charming, like... And that's fine. I mean, Picard, they wanted to... They were like, okay, well, we've got to do something different. Sure. Right? But there's been many captains since then, and not one of them has, has have ever gone back to the sort of roguish, charming... You I know, would say, um, I would say in his defence that Picard is quite charming in his own way, but it's no, a but, totally no, but, different but, style. But it's a very different charm. It's yes. a completely it different is, charm. It, it's like night and day. No, I agree. But but is that really is that the reason, or is it just? I mean, I just find it so odd. Yeah, that, we're never going to know what the reason is unless they tell us. But I'm just saying what oh. I've noticed. Yeah. If you look when you look at all the captains they've put on there and the one they've left off, the only difference. Oh that I can see is that he was the Casanova, you know, ladies' man. But he was also um, a man of action, and I, I just think, like... Well, to be fair, all of them are technically a man of action or lady of action at some point. I mean, uh, they are a captain of a ship, so... I know, but, but but Kirk was definitely an alpha in that scenario. He was really... I, I just... I, I just... I just can't, don't get it, because I agree. There's been a lot of good people in Star Trek. But I, I always go back to Captain Kirk and William Shatner. It, honestly, you take him away, it would not have worked. You know, he was, mm-hmm. he, it was built. You know, I, I know the guy's well, got a big ego and stuff, but he did carry the show, you know? Well, a perfect example is when they did the reboot with Chris Pine, mm. right? No offense to Chris Pine, did his absolute best. Mm. But even he couldn't replicate um, oh, no. the success, the charm, you know what I mean, of what Shatner brought to that role. Like, it still felt like, even though, again, he did his best, it was still a pale imitation yes. of the real Kurt. I agree. He was good, but, yeah, I mean, I, I, look, I, I the thing is, you can put on, I, I do every now and then, I put on old Star Trek episodes, and I generally will always pick either um, original series or next gen, and I swear to God, Kirk is so good in those original series episodes. He is so oh, good. Oh, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got the, I've got the Blu-rays, man. Me uh, too. Plus, they are now on Netflix as well whenever you want to watch them. Um, Me no, too. I'm sorry. You can put it on any time, any day of the week and... Look, the thing apparently never is boring. he won't do anything without being paid big money. And that's fine, but... You know, like, that's his whole thing. He, You know, but he's 90-something. Yeah, right. But know? as we pointed out last week, Dave, is they're not even using the new actor. Yeah. Like, when that promoter came out, they could have used uh, Chris Pine. Yeah. They could have used the new guy that they've just cast uh, and, and there's been a couple of episodes of the um, yeah. uh, uh, New World show. Mm. Th- there was options if they didn't want to pay him, but they didn't use Kirk at all. I find that totally so Totally snubbed the character. Not just him, they snubbed the character. I find that bizarre. I just, I really do. I, because I just, I just don't, I, I just don't get it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, n- nothing makes sense to me. Like, you can honour the past and still push forward with the present, but like, why would well, you want to burn that bridge? But also, okay, but so here's the, the issue I have, because either, either option is no good, right? Mm. Either... You've got people working for you who do their own thing. So they get told, right, do a poster with all the captains, and they decide, fuck it, I don't like Kirk. 
or mm. I don't like Shatner, so I'm not putting Kirk on there, mm. and no one sort of oversees that and it still gets through, which, again, makes you bad at running your business. Mm. Or two, you don't know much about business where you don't put the original fucking captain... Okay, okay technically not the original, but then again, the I don't think the pilot aired. Mm. But anyway, the original captain from the original show... Mm. You don't put him on. You 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 decide. So either either option, either you're an idiot or <laughs> you have people working for you and you don't know what they're doing. Both are bad answers. Well, like so, potentially they didn't even know who Captain Kirk was. Is that what you mm, mean? I would find that hard to believe. I would find that super hard to believe. No. So again, my, what I'm saying is, I think they said to someone, right, you need to design a graphic, right? Yeah. You need to design a poster, and that person said, well, I'm going to put all the captains on except for Kirk. Because mm. I hate Kirk or I hate Shatner. Yeah, right? despite him. Kirk and that person that. got it through. Yeah. Right? No one checked their work or whatever. <laughs> or the alternative is you, as the person who runs the shit, said, do this poster, but do not put Kirk on it. Right. Which means you're an idiot yeah. who would rather cut his nose off. To... But what my point is, if either of those are true, they're still two bad answers. Totally agree. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's so stupid. Like, it's, you don't it... have Kirk. The original O. The OG, OG captain, yeah. you don't have. I could, I could understand if you forgot to put Janeway on, you so know, or oh. even if you forgot to put Archer on from the, the, the Enterprise show. I could understand that because those shows weren't as big as um, yeah. uh, uh, Deep Space Nine, Next Generation, and and the OG. Yeah. Oh, look, I, I just think something like Doctor Who at least does it right. When they do the flashback of all the Doctors, they just show it. Boom, 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 like that. You know, it just is, it's just bang, 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 bang. Like it, it's it, there's not that many of them that you can't. And, and to, I, I think to forget Kirk, and not that I, or, or to el, uh, eliminate Kirk, is just all the more galling that it's Kirk. Because if you yeah. said Janeway, like she was good, but she was one of many in the middle. You know, um, but like. Kirk is the, the the first one, and and yeah. I would well, say the most also, iconic. Was, but her show was also like a spinoff of a spinoff. You know what I mean? Where you you also sort of maybe people are like, yeah, I'm watching. Uh, you know, I'm watching yeah. a new generation. I'm watching uh, whatever. Uh, you know what I mean? I got enough, or yeah, yeah. I don't have time to watch it. So whether she was good or not, it was also like the third show. Yes. In in you know in, in that sort of lineup, so maybe there wasn't as big a buzz. But again, you could understand them. Either choosing not to or forgetting, yeah, like I, that character. Or as I said, even Archer. I think a lot of people even forget the fucking Star Trek I, Enterprise. I, I forget it existed. Yeah, exactly. So that's my point. And I mean, as much as I love, uh, as much as I, I love Scott Bakula, you know, from um, Quantum, Quantum Leap days. Yeah, unfortunately, a lot of people don't even remember that show was a thing. So again, but Kirk. I mean, Jesus, there's no excuse. Like, no, no I, I, I think it's. Uh, I, I honestly think it's inexcusable. Like if I'm being brutally honest, I I just think it's it's a, it's it's almost outrageous, you know. And mm. I just I just wonder sometimes what is going through their heads and. Well, it's yeah. it's definitely deliberate. Either it way, is, as I said, yeah. whichever whichever option of mine uh, theory is right, yeah. it's deliberate. No, it is. It's it, it is deliberate. You're 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 a hundred percent right there, and it's a disgrace as well. Can I say? Now, Image Comics. Um, are sending twice as many Ghost Machine number ones as shops ordered. This is the um, Jeff Jones imprint. He's got like four titles coming, at least four. Um, you know, he's, he's hired all these guys. Um, they're actually co... 
co-runners in, in Ghost Machine, like you've got your likes of Ivan Reyes and others, uh, Peter Tomasi, um, you know, many, mm-hmm. a lot of good artists as well, Gary Frank. Um, and I was saying a few weeks ago that if Jeff Johns was serious, he needed to push and push hard. Well, that's exactly what he's done. And basically, in essence, let's say your shop ordered 500 copies of Ghost Machine 1 or whatever the titles are, um, Image are sending an extra 500 free. Uh, along with that order so it's interesting um it's a big push obviously they've got some pockets behind it um i think it's the right thing to do because so is image doing that or is john's doing that i would say he's like it's he's he's doing it his imprint's doing it yeah. ghost machine but you know because image just publish yes they no no it would like be him he would be him i wasn't sure if they've changed their model or anything because i don't really like pay that much attention to image no, it would be him. Um, I think it's a good move. I, th- I, I think it's a... I, I think so. I think it's fantastic. Because one, it gets their stuff out there, but also that's extra um, profit for the stores. Well, 100%. Yeah, that's exactly right. Like, it's no risk for the store. Um, they can they can really go hard on it. And I wish him all the well, success yeah, if, the if you throw it in the bin, it doesn't cost you anything. If you sell it, well, you just made, uh, you just made literally 100% uh, yeah. GP. Yeah. No, it's good, man. Um, what do you think his chances are of this sticking and being big? Obviously, every like every new business is a high risk uh, of failure. I don't. Yeah, and and it's even harder now because unfortunately, I think, I think so many people have been driven out of comics. Mm. I think so many fans have been driven out of comics. Um, you're going to now kind of entice them back, and it's hard. You know what I mean? Mm. Because. A lot of people, you know, once they get burned too often, mm. they're a bit shy about coming back. So I hope he can. I mean, I would love to see, I would, again, uh, John's, Tomasi, Frank, uh, right? You know, these are phenomenal talent mm. uh, in, in the comic industry. I would, I wish them all the success. I hope they have success. And I will, um, if their stuff is good, I will buy it. Yeah. What, what, what were you like on Geiger? I enjoyed it. I didn't think it was the world's greatest comic, but I did enjoy it. What do you think? Um, yeah, I, it was fine. I, I kind of liked it. It kind of gave me a bit of Fallout vibes. Yes. Uh, which which I quite like. But what I also liked in that was the the other stuff, like the red coat and all that sort of stuff, that um, you, the stuff he has, like where he, this world kind of thing that he's building. Yes. So, I'm, yeah, I'm a bit excited for that too. And I believe that is going to be one of the books about the red coat. It's going to be one of the books he's doing. He's got like four separate yeah. universes set up, um, some of which guys like Tomasi are writing in, but like there's distinct worlds. And, and, and that's good because I definitely don't want, I don't necessarily need a massively shared universe. Yeah, I agree. I agree. If you want to create like four smaller universes where you've got a couple of maybe titles that you can have, that's great. I don't need you to try and connect. You know, if you've got a good idea, fucking do it. I don't, you know, don't go, oh, well, this doesn't fit in the world. No. If you've got a good idea, just fucking put it out there. Yeah, totally agree. Um, now, Rich, you've got something here about Dynamites, Thundercats. What's going on? Yeah, I got a little too excited uh, today oh, uh, because I saw... <laughs> That's right. Um, you, you sent through this message like it was so funny. <laughs> yeah, I sent the message. I was like, oh, dude, we've got to review this for next week. Yeah. Um, and then I realized, wait, hang on. I don't even know when it's coming out. And then I looked up and it's, it's coming out in February. So in February... Um, there's going to be a new Thundercats comic, but this time done by Dynamite, because mm-hmm. I think before it was done by, I want to say Wildstorm was doing it. It was definitely DC imprint of yeah. some sort, because there was a there was DC crossovers. So yeah, yeah. I'm sure I'm, I'm 
relatively certain it was Wildstorm. But anyway, uh, and they weren't bad. They, they were pretty good. I mean, at, at one point, they even had um, Ed McGuinness on it and all that sort of stuff, you know, so they had really? some good talent on there. Um, this is going to be done by Dynamite, and they're going to be doing a bit of a, like a year one approach, so kind of like relaunching it through the comics. Yeah. So, you know, kind of going back and kind of telling the story from the beginning. Uh, it's going to be written by Declan uh, Shavley. De- Declan Shelby, think- yeah. Declan Shelby, he's an artist normally. Shelby, sorry, yeah. Was, uh, uh, he's done a bit of work for Marvel and all that. And then the art will be by Drew Moss. I've had a look at his work. It looks pretty good. Okay. Uh, it looks far better than the shit I see at Marvel and DC. Yeah. Well, Declan Shelby's so, a very well-respected artist. I can tell you that much. He's done a lot. He's done a hell of a lot. Artist or uh, I believe Declan Shelby's main career, I'm pretty confident, is as an artist. I'm I'm, I'm looking him oh, okay. up. I'm like I'm like I'm yeah. He he's well, he's writing this, and yeah. Drew Moss is, is drawing it, so he's definitely not the artist on this. No, so his his main claim to fame is as an artist. He um he drew Northlanders, uh, the Massive, uh, Moon Knight, Deadpool. Um, Thundercat, Thunderbolts, Fear Itself, Dark Avengers, Venom. I mean, he's done a lot of work yeah, for Marvel. He's, he's done a fair bit of Marvel stuff, yeah. Uh, but, but primarily as an artist, uh, he's probably done some, um, done some writing at points. But yeah, he's no, he's a well-renowned artist. Uh, often works with um, Jordi Belair, I believe, as a colorist. Um, yeah, he's Irish. He's yeah, he's been around for a long time, man. I mean, I've I've heard his name. Many times, but um, look, dude, you know, I mean, all power to him. And I mean, it's look, I'm sure he's done some um writing, but uh, and I can see here that apparently, yeah, he's done in more recent years, he's written two crime graphic novels, so he has done a bit of writing in recent years. So, I mean, I'm not, mm. I'm not against this uh, at all. I had a look at the um, uh, once I found out about it, I had a look at the preview and it looked pretty good. All right, so we will definitely cover it. Um, on the show whenever it comes out, Rich, you can stay on this one. You're all over it. I, I got this message yeah, yeah, yeah. from Rich that was like, emergency, emergency, we must review this comic. I was like, yeah, well, yeah, we can do that, man. And then you were like, oh, it's coming out till February. I'm like, well, the comet shouldn't crash into the earth before then, Rich, so we should get yeah. it. Uh, you, I believe yeah. it's the 7th, so pretty, you, pretty around the corner. Let me ask you a question. Back in the 80s, we're roughly the same age. I'm a little bit older, but I remember the Thundercats. I thought that I was, was a massive Thundercats fan, man. I had yeah. uh, so many of the toys. There you go. Well, you've answered my question because I, I, I didn't have the toys, but I loved the cartoon. And, and the it. toys, you, like they had like this battery thing, and you and you 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 put it on their back, and mm. like Mumra's eyes would light up. And really, Lino's arm would swing the sword. They were actually quite big. The toys they were bigger than way way bigger than the He-Man toys. Way bigger. They're okay. probably like three times the size of the um, really? men uh, figures. So that's interesting because I, I never owned the toys, but I, I did love the cartoon. I loved the cartoon. Oh, yeah. loved it. Oh, He-Man, Thundercats. Oh, yeah. fuck. I, those, those are two of my favorite. So bigger those than the He-Man. my favorite favorites. So bigger than the He-Man toys. Now, did you know that in very recent years, like maybe even in 2023, they did a big thing of the whatever the base is in Thundercats. There's, you know, whatever the base is that they they live on. Um, there was like a... Like the yeah, Akuf- I could never afford that. Let's, bring, let's look at it up because, it, no, it came out super recently, man. And um, I, I wasn't going to get it, but I thought if you're a Thundercats fan, it was like sort of like the, the thing you get when you just like check this out. 
kids. Look, you you fucking losers. Look what I've got. Um, okay, let's find it. Like, of course, I got a pop. I saw it on Pop Culture. It was expensive. It's called like the Cat Lair or something, something like that. Do you, have, do you know what I'm talking about, Rich? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the big. Um, it looks like a sphinx, but like without the the human head. Okay, and how much would that have set us back? Like, it, I think it came out like this year or last year, 2023. Um, I don't know. I've never again. I I, I don't really look into a lot of toys and all that sort of stuff. Uh, but yeah, you are correct. It I'm looking at it. I'm looking at it now. And, and again, it was very much. It was kind of like a sphinx. You know what I mean? It had like the yes. paws and like the. But again, it was all cat. Like it, there was no like human sort of right. stuff to it. And and uh, you know, it had like a. Um, if I remember correctly, there was like a, 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 a not, not like a lake, but there was like a water thing and like the uh, the paws would raise up and that's where like the the uh, the, the the vehicles would come out of and all could, that sort could of you shit. put oh, your fi- would your figures fit in there oh yeah 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 uh e- easily easily so back in the 80s would this have been an item like a like a pterodrome or something or you know or a castle grayscale oh no again this was way this would have been way bigger than um castle grayscale really yeah but what i'm yeah, trying to say to is the toys were massive man what I'm trying to say is, was it an item you could buy in the 80s? I don't know. I never ever saw this in the shops. Okay, so I've... Well, well, because I knew that no South African kid could probably afford it or parent could afford it. Yeah, you're just like, Mum, you're going to have to work an extra job. Rich watched his cat's lair. And she's like... Oh, no, she's... more like, Mum, you're going to have to uh, kill all the grandparents so we can inherit as much money as possible to... <laughs> you, you, two jobs, you still wouldn't cut it. I'm looking at it now. So it was a Super 7... Thundercats Ultimates playset is what it was. Um, no, not, we, we never got that. Yeah, I'm not sure if it's come out yet. Um, this thing, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do more research as the show goes on. I saw it the other day with a fucking price tag, and um, I was just like, "That's that's when you buy a US flag or something, and you just say, look at me.' You know, <laughs> no, imagine yeah, if you were. It's we all had that kid growing up um, who was okay. All right, I found it, Rich. I found it. Now, this is Australian prices. Now, for US and UK listeners and, and other listeners, we have quite a lot, few listeners in Greece at the moment. Um, now, let me tell you this. In Australia, we are renowned for fairly high prices. Would you agree, Rich, on these items? Like, we're always paying a bit of a surplus. Oh, yeah? Yes. Okay, so I'm looking at pop culture, which is a pretty... You get a pretty good deal. You know, pop culture and Amazon are generally pretty on par with each other there's some variations but they are actually if you're looking for figures and stuff they're, they're generally fairly competitive in australia okay i've got the thundercats lair it's for seven inch um scale action figures rich uh, have a guess don't google it try to guess how much it would be in australian dollars if i wanted to pre-order this uh, for this thing yes for this thundercats cats Lair. it's the new one that, that, that oh. super seven are making have a guess, and it is expensive. I will give you that clue. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, look, I'm I'm probably going to say I'm still going to lowball it. I'm going to say two and a half thousand dollars. It's less than that. It's um one thousand one hundred ninety nine dollars ninety nine cents. So oh, that's actually pretty cheap. Really? Uh, see to me. Well, okay. Put it this way: when I go when I go on looking at actual like statues, right? Yeah. When I when I go looking on like the um um. Uh, hot toys and all this sort of stuff and all that and the sure. uh, iron and like when I click on the Australian prices they are like 
close to a thousand dollars. They're crazy. They're like seven hundred, eight hundred dollars. That's why I thought that thing would be like yeah, way more expensive. That's a, com- compared to that, it actually. So it's twelve hundred. Not as expensive as I thought it was. If you were a massive Thundercats fan, like I'm, I'm, I'm saying, if you were massive into it, and shoot, like let's assume you've got a decent job and not a thousand kids. Let's say you've got two kids and you've got a wife who's like fuck. He's bringing in serious fucking money. This guy can mm. get something like I. I personally wouldn't. I mean, I wouldn't, but uh, but uh, but I'm not a Thundercats addict. Like I, you know. It's not, well, no. Again, I love that. But here's the thing: at at my age, I'm sure. I like the statues. Yeah. Right, because the statues again, they look professional. They're doing a pose or whatever. You mm. can put them in a cabinet. Mm. For something like that, if I was a kid, fuck yeah, because it's it's interactive. Yeah. It was meant to be played with. You know what I mean? Oh, my God, open it up. Ooh, out come the vehicles. The same with Costa Grayskull. You know what I mean? Yeah. You'd play and you'd put the characters in. Like, <laughs> yeah, if I was a kid, I'd want something that, like, a toy that can move. Let, okay. But as an adult, I'm not playing with them, so let, I don't need shit to move. Let me give you this thing. Let's say, you, we, as we all know, we've revealed on the signal that uh, Davy is having a... Uh, there is a little Davy Jr. coming down the line. Let's say you've got a kid... Okay, uh, who's in that five, six year range? You are not letting them play with a fucking. That's uh, what I'm saying. Yeah, no, that's that, that's my point. That's my point. Like, you show me the parent, the same parent who's like, oh, I'm going to spend twelve hundred bucks on this and give this to the kid. Like, that's a lot of money for a playset for a kid. So, I mm. think mm. Pr- primarily that's still collectors buying that. I think. I'm sure there's some. Uh, yeah, yeah, spot. it is. But yeah. as I'm saying, as as someone who does a little bit of collecting, that's that's just not something I would that I think is feasible. I just don't see the point. Yeah. One, it's huge. Yeah. Two, I again, I buy things to put in a cabinet. Yeah. I don't buy things to be able to open it up and rearrange. You know what I mean? Like I'm playing. Yeah. I don't play with toys anymore. I play with sure. video games now. So yeah. it just doesn't seem like a. Yeah. It just doesn't seem like a good uh, a, a good investment. I tell you something that I would have found if I was in the, like you know I love my Jojo classified, which are the action figures. You know I love them, Rich. Like I'm besotted with yeah, them. Yeah, and I, I know you do. And I do get the cycles and stuff like Baroness the cycle. If I was in the states, I would have picked up a his tank. And I don't know what they were costing, but I think they were costing around five or six hundred US, something like along that, uh, maybe five hundred US. I would have picked up a his tank for sure. Um, because I've got that weakness, I've got that sickness, you know, and um, <laughs> I like I I know I would have, I know I would have, because I was just like I need this and buy classified figures in there. I love buying the cycles, just the fact that I've got the bicycles with with Baroness and and Wolverine's got his cycle. You know, I feel good about that. But let's have a look and see what the his tank was costing the GI Joe his tank GI Joe classified price. I think I think it was five hundred US. Now, if you're a GI Joe fanatic like me, and you're on the states, Rich, would you would you thinking go for it, Dave? Would you have said to me in my ear, just do it, lock it in, lock it in? No, if yes, if it makes you happy, it would have made me so happy. So I don't know. Well, like, I, look, I don't begrudge. It. Look, if someone wants to buy that hmm. and they want to set it up and, and put the action, cool, do it. I just don't see. Yeah. The appeal of it, that's all. Yeah. No, I hear you, man. I think it was, I, I can't find the exact price, but I think it was 500 US to buy now. They're obviously, people are flipping them now because it was, it was actually a, um, it was like a, 
Kickstarter, not a Kickstarter, but a Hasbro Pulse thing. So it's like it, it's crowdfunded technically. Um, mm-hmm. So you know, but but it it it, it funded like instantly. It, it's a beautiful fucking thing, Rich. I'm looking at it now. It's so it was yeah. Look, it was two hundred and ninety nine dollars US. So I would have just been three hundred bucks US. I would have done that in a fucking heartbeat, man. Like I'm looking at this thing. I'm going to send you a link. I'm looking at this now, and the emotion I have, Richard, if I could explain it, it's just envy, you know, for the people who have them. Like it's it's envy, uh, you know. It's it's worse than jealousy. It's 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 just it's just a sickening envy. You know what I mean? Like oh dear, one <laughs> of the seven deadly sins. Oh, I've got most of the deadly sins covered. That's for sure. Oh my god. I had a friend who sent me a, um, a a video clip. Yeah, and it was one of uh, Rogan uh, uh-huh. explaining, uh, or he, that he heard it, uh-huh. that how uh, every holiday pretty much represents a seven deadly sin. Right. Yeah. Like gluttony you know? for Easter and stuff. Yeah. Well, no, no. Uh, uh, Gluttony would be you know, this is in America. Thanksgiving, Christmas. yeah, yeah, yeah. Christmas would be greed. Sure. Valentine's Day would be lust. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got to try and remember them all. Um, That's hilarious. I've got to try and remember, but I was just funny. I was going off like, oh, that's pretty cool. But that's probably just more of a coincidence than anything else. But I thought it was pretty funny. That's good. It's good. Uh, now this is funny, Rich. Aquaman two is heading to digital sooner than expected. Richard, have we got the numbers on this movie? Have you got Box Office Mojo up? I, I wanted to see um, what this movie actually Let did. me have a look. Apparently, it's not... Mm, it's doing poorly, but yeah. it's not... Um, it's it's kind of trudging along, especially uh, overseas, apparently. Yeah, yeah. Um, let me uh, have a look. I'll actually bring it up. I actually meant to have it ready. I just what, what's funny it. is it is making more money than the Marvels, but it feels like it's got even less heat on it than the Marvels. It feels like DC just kind of like just chucked it out there and was just like, good luck, make what you can. Um, like it's definitely not had the marketing push that like even like, so it, it's no, made... but again, I don't think they were going to heavily market this one because it's the end of the, the Snyder. Yes. The Snyder universe. So they're kind of like, look, we've got to put it out, you know, kind of it's, it's made, it's finished. It's mm. the sequel. Let's make some money off, which I think they, they definitely have. Yes. Gonna... Well, it's made 378 million worldwide. Uh, it's 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 109 US and 268 internationally, so it's doing all right internationally, which is kind of mm. saving it. And you would think it might crawl towards 500 million, um, but if you think about it, like that's still a disappointing thing when your first movie yeah. made but over again, dollars. To be fair, this would be one of those movies where they didn't also spend the exact same amount advertising no. it. No, I agree. Yeah, do you know what I mean? So this isn't one of those things where they're like, oh, we spent you know. Half a mil to make it, and then another half a mil to, you know, or three hundred mil to fucking advertise it, mm. sort of thing. This is a oh yeah yeah we probably spent about what two hundred three hundred mil to make it, mm. and we barely paid. You know when we did barely did any marketing. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, it could probably crawl to five hundred, maybe even six hundred thousand in a thing, and probably they've made a couple of hundred mil. Yeah. Just because of the, for the fact they didn't advertise it. Yeah, no, it's crazy. Um, it will overtake Indiana Jones for 2023's 50th grossing slot. Um, fun- oh, oh, my God. Oh, how? Oh, fucking hell. How disappointing is that? Yeah. and Like, uh, Indiana Jones is that fucking far down. I know. And Aquaman 
one made one point one billion dollars. So, what a difference! Yeah, what a what a gigantic difference between the two of them. You know, like, but again, one of them had a massive amount of marketing and and hype and everything, and one of them had almost zero. I would say, you know, like none. Like they actively almost washed their hands of it as it was coming out, kind of thing. Like it's just like make what you can. That's a good pun for Aquaman, by the way. Yeah, well, you know, exactly. Um, Whatever. You know, I I couldn't really care less. I I just want to bring something. I want to bring something forward since we're talking about Aquaman now. Of course. Uh, We've been watching Reacher. We've just got the last episode to go this week. Um, uh, uh, We've really been enjoying it. I don't think it's as good as the first season, Mm. but still enjoyable, still a lot of fun. And I was just thinking to myself, even though he played Aquaman mm. in the Smallville, and that was actually apparently like one of his his very first jobs. I remember the it. first like big I, role I he rem- landed. I remember it, yeah. I think right now, after the success of Reacher mm. uh, and him sort of now making this this big name for himself, getting a lot more recognition because he's done Titans, now he's done Reacher, which has made him even more of a household name. Mm-hmm. I think they would be crazy not to recast him as Aquaman in the Gun universe. Oh, I think so. Yeah, I, Alan, I yeah. Alan Richardson, if if they like, dude, he looks like fucking Aquaman. He's built like a tank, mm. right? He would be the perfect like replacement for Momoa in the Gun universe. Yeah, no, I I, I think that would be great casting. I just think it'd be crazy if they didn't do that. I think it would be great casting, and and I mean, he was fine as Aquaman way back in the day in Smallville, but like he is, I mean, he's yeah. Uh, He's a big name now. He was unknown then, you know? Mm. Um, yeah. No, I, I, I think... And it's a fun thing, too. Like, for, for those of us who remember, it's fun. You know, he, and he's only... His career's just blossomed since those days, you know? I, I think... Well, yeah, exactly, yeah. 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 I just think it would be just... It would... If the, yeah, if they're going to... Look, not necessarily give him his own movie, mm. but just have him be in, like, just the Gun universe. Yeah, why not? Oh, yeah, definitely. And I do think um, if you're doing a Justice League movie, yeah, he could certainly be in it. Like, why not? Like, yeah, that's what I mean. Just have him be. He can he can rock up and do cameos in other movies, or you know what I mean. Or and then, yeah, be in the Justice League movie. Don't have to give him his own movie. Mm. You know. Well, they'd probably dangle that carrot to the actor at some point. Well, look, it depends. I mean, if you, if 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 Reacher keeps seriously doing fucking well, mm. and he gets a bigger following, and let's say the response to him is great. Yes. In the gun universe. Then, of course, yes. But my point is, don't plan to give me his movie first. First, test it. <laughs> my pun, test the waters first. Yeah, I love it, Rich. That's good stuff, man. Um, well, we've got Michael Kellershim just going in with a fucking hatchet on Jason Aaron, who, by the way, I don't mind some of his stuff. He's yes, some, you say that every time Kellershim complains. You say, I don't mind him, he's, actually. He's done some shit on Punisher, I agree, recently. But I'll always bring up Scalped. Great, but anyway, uh, I did. Look, I am surprised as well, Michael. IDW have um, hired Jason Aaron to write the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles starting this summer, which is one of their only big properties they've still got left because they lost. Um, they lost just so much stuff, like GI Joe and other stuff as well. Um, so yeah, well, Michael Kellishim is not happy. He's saying, after destroying the Punisher, Doctor Strange, Thor, and the Avengers... His Avengers run did suck. 
Uh, Aaron has recently started writing Batman. I know you like his Thor. Uh, I, I think for loved his Thor 50-50, but I've got to admit, I don't think he did any favours on Punisher or Doctor Strange either. No, he definitely didn't do any fucking favours on recent Punisher. It was awful. He did a good mm-hmm. Punisher run literally 10 or 15 years ago on Punisher Max. It was a great run. But that recent run was just... Well, God that's obviously where he peaked, Dave. Yeah, well, it's potentially true. I mean, Scalped was not recent, and that was remarkably mm-hmm. fucking good. I don't know. Uh, look, Jason Aaron, he's a weird one because he's done stuff that I absolutely love, and but not recently. No, he hasn't recently impressed me. I mean, I... I greatly greatly admire his thor run i'm not the biggest thor fan but i i loved that run you know or at least the bulk of it i i must admit i kind of got off that's the that's the lady thor introduction right yeah but that's about halfway through the the really good stuff is at the start like the first half yeah but that but that's a that's 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 a shit way to finish (laughs) yeah well if i'm being brutally honest i started losing interest after a while with her you know um, but it's a good run. It, it, like, I really liked the run. I mean, he, he, he wanted to do Conan, but then when he got it, it wasn't amazing, you know? Like, uh, he was, was he doing the, uh, King Conan, the old man Conan? Was both. Was the one that he was doing? Both. He did regular Conan, a 12 issue. It's okay. Um, and then he did King Conan as well, a short yeah, King Conan miniseries. that was terrible. Well, he had the one, don't you remember, Pocahontas, and then he had to apologise for... I don't even know why he was apologising, like, but... I don't know. I, 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 some, I Look, I will say this. I do think possibly some Marvel editorial interference at times. But, his, but as a Conan fan, his Conan run was not anywhere near as good as what I was hoping. You know, Jim Zub's Conan is a lot better than Jason Aaron's Conan. You know, and they're really... They run after each other, so it's not like a huge amount of years passed between them. At one point, they were writing them concurrently, you know? Mm. So he wasn't even the best person doing Conan at the time, sort of thing. So I am critical. I'm not as critical as Michael Kellishim, and I don't know, maybe he... One thing he did say, and I actually think it's a bad idea, and people will probably, you know, ride in the streets, he's continuing on the IDW Turtles uh, chronology. Whereas I think it would have been an opportunity to reboot it, you know? I think you're a long way down the trail of the IDW Turtles now. Um, if you want to bring in new readers, maybe a reboot. Mm. But, but he's, he's continuing it on from wherever they were doing in... They're up to about a issue 150 or so, you know, and he's continuing that on. So That's weird. I, I'll be honest with you. I always thought that there's... To make Turtles successful, there's just two things you need to do, Right. You just have two Turtles titles running oh. concurrently. One of them, um, like a darker one, similar to like the oh. original uh-huh. stuff, where it's a bit more darker, adult, bloody. Oh. And you have a little bit more of a, you know, jovial, yeah, lighter kids, you know, a bit more like the cartoon. You just have those two running concurrently. I don't see how you can fuck that up, but apparently you can. Well, their IGW Turtles has been popular. Their the, the, the comics, they've 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 done very well for them for IDW. But so. That's where you could double dip. Yeah, well, they have done that at times, man. There's been. No, sat, but I'm saying, like one. permanently, you should always be having two turtles, an adult one and a kids one, because okay. that's what the turtles have always been. You've had True. the adult, yeah. original dark ones, and then you've had the the kidified cartoon one. You literally just have those two titles going together all the time. Yeah, well, I, I will say that IDW have had a lot of lighter turtle spin-offs and 
and, and also reprints of all the old stuff as well. Like, they've done pretty well with yeah. the Turtles, you know? I will, but I'll say this, and this has always been IDW's problem, right? Mm. There's no... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? It, it always feels jumbled. Oh. I, I, I've never felt like with the IDW properties that there's any cohesion. Uh-huh. Do you know what I mean? Because they'll do something that doesn't work, they'll scrap it or something, and then do again and do again. And then there's so many, so many vastly varying turtle stuff out. Yes. That it never feels like um, a cohesive, coherent yeah. world or property or, 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 you know what I mean? Well, they spam it. I mean, look, there is the ongoing, which is up to at least 150, and that has been very popular. But they have done so many fucking miniseries and spin-offs that, honestly, it would fill volumes, you know? Mm. And, I, look, they just spam it because, it's it, like, whoever's buying it, they're obviously you know, selling to a pretty, you know, hardcore audience who's buying a lot of it. Like, there's a reason they're making so much of it. Um, so they do a lot of it. But I agree with you. I... Like, I'll be honest, Rich, it's a little overwhelming to me, you know? Um, I, like, maybe it's me getting older, but sometimes don't you feel like it's almost, like, too much? And you're just like, wow, I I almost can't start because I just feel there's too much, you know? Like, there's too many miniseries at the same time uh, around the Turtles, and I'm just like, fuck. Like, it's hard to focus in. But you know. that's not the point. What's good? What matters? Where do I start? Oh, this isn't important. This doesn't, you know what I mean? Oh, these two books don't tie together, or these two got nothing. Like, that's my problem. There's no, there's no cohesion. And I don't mean that you can't have, you know, oh, okay, we tried this for years and didn't work. No, you tried this for six months, it didn't work. You've come with something different. Yeah. Oh, that didn't work for three months, so you've tried something different. You know? Yeah, they've had a little bit of success now, but even 150 is not that much. Well, it's at least 150. I mean, it's been going for a while. <laughs> but what I mean is for a property that old. No, but yeah, this is since they got it in like 2012 or whatever. This is like, it's literally issue 150 or there's just been 150 issues of a turtle? No, 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 no. They're, they're turtles that they rebooted at number one, which I think was roughly 10 years ago, you know, roughly. That they're up to about yeah. 150. Okay. I mean, that's not a bad. I mean, again, but 10, but again, turtles have been. Well, when did they get the turtles, though? It, that's what I'm saying, about, about 10 years ago. Uh, let, oh, let, I thought they had it longer than that. Okay, I'm remembering it wrong. Well, I could be wrong. I, I mean, thought they had it for almost 20 years. Well, maybe they did, Rich. And look, let's... You know what? I'm going to hit fucking this thing they've invented called Google. The IDW, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Let's find out when issue one came out. So it was... I want to say it was about 2012. 2012. That's, that's my guess. Debuted in 2011. There you go. So I was almost right. So... Okay. Yeah, so I don't know why, but again, I can't feel time. I literally thought they've had it for like almost twenty years. The, that's when they got it, and and I think it's done pretty well for them. And they're up to at least one fifty. So they, it, I think it might even have gotten to one fifty, and they've paused for for a while because I think that's when Aaron's going to take over. So they've hit one fifty, and a lot of shit's gone down in that time, man. A lot of shit. Now, is this the one where it's in a dystopian future and shit, or is that no? That's the thing? last Ronan miniseries. There's a million miniseries that they've done as well, and the mm. last Ronan one's the dystopian one where Mikey's the survivor. Blah blah blah, and that was super popular. That that flew off the shelves. So that was a really big hit for them, and I think they've done at least one one sort of sequel slash spin. Okay, well, maybe they've done better than I thought. I think they have, Rich. 
I, I think they have, my friend. And um, but Michael Kellisham is not happy that, that Jason Aaron's coming in to stink up the joint. <laughs> Look, it's. I'll be honest with you. It's. Uh, I'm. I'm not as passionate about him just because of the simple fact that mm. what little I have read of Aaron, I've not enjoyed that much, and so I've barely read any of his shit. So. I don't honestly know how bad he is because I haven't read enough to... Where were you on Scalp? Where were you on Scalp? We did it on the show. Remind me. I I think I was a little bit bored. It was too dark for you, wasn't it? I remember. It was way too dark for you. But it was just boring. But I remember there was like the sex and the violence and you don't like that. You know, where the, where the people um, are. I always think that's... Well, no, I'm okay with violence. I don't have an issue with violence. <laughs> um, I just have a, an issue with unnecessary sexy but you don't like it when they get sexy sexy i remember you're very sort of like you you, you your nose is pretty um, out joint so you know can i be honest with you and i and, and i will argue this with anyone who turns and tells me it's an artistic choice and all that mm. no it's not you're immature and you get off on seeing boobies like i'm sorry <laughs> i feel i find sex scenes in 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 anything to be super juvenile and childish Really? I just I could picture the writer or the artist or the director or whatever just being like oh titties oh titties titties like same with um, what's his name uh, George R. R. Martin oh my god I can just see him like spanking it while he's writing those sex scenes <laughs> like just getting off on it and I just think it's I think it's pathetic I honestly do I'm sorry like I know what you mean I do I, look I <laughs> I don't mind it but then I do like seeing the boobies myself but. I agree with you that it's it's just titillation. Like that's all it is. Like they try to dress it up as if it's something else, but that's all it is. It's just to get. Yeah, and, 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 but here's the thing: when we live in a world where literally, I know that shit is at your fingertips anytime you want, and you way know, more and way more that. hardcore than you'd see in these shows and yeah. stuff. Wait, and then, then I just kind of go like, so then why do you feel the need? Now again, if you if we're going to go back 20, 30 years ago, sure. Sure, it's a lot harder to get your hands on some porn, you know what I mean? You can only really get it from a shop. Um, so I can kind of maybe understand that people be like, oh, I'm going to have it in and we're going to do it artsy and fancy and whatever. But now yeah. they don't even do that, for God's sakes. Now it's just gratuitous and literally porn-like. It's it's ridiculous. <laughs> I don't mind it personally, but that's just me. Um, oh, I was going to say something. Oh, my I gosh. Just, I, I can just picture you there. <laughs> doing the hand clapping like titties, titties, titties. no but the thing I will say this in Jason Aaron's defense in Scalped it's depicted low down and grimy with all the drug use and stuff often it's often hookers and stuff like it's not glamorized you know it's seedy kind of thing you know what I mean like I've read a lot of Scalped and it's there's scenes with the with the chick in bed topless and and you know they're 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 lost man they're in a dark path and they're shooting yeah, up and stuff when here's it's Here's my point. Would you only feel that with those sex scenes, or could you still accurately depict that without the gratuitous sex scenes? But they're doing it while they're... While they're no, it serves the scene, because they're in her shit apartment. So, no, so my point is, so there's no other way to write that scene to get the same effect. Well, you could have them just shooting up, but it's also showing how debauched they are, and they're reconnecting after years... Yeah, but again, you could still have them looking grimy, you know. You could. Like, looking disheveled. Like my, okay, so my point is, if you okay, if I use violence to, to show that something is violent and gratuitous, there's no other way to do that. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, if I'm showing something violent happen to someone and, and how 
horrendous that violence is. Mm. That's the only way for me to do it. But if I'm, but there, if you're saying, oh, we're trying to show them just how sleazy, I'm like, okay, but you don't, what you've described, okay, that's a way to do it, but you can't tell me that's the only way to do it. Yeah. No, I hear. I hear. And as I said, it's got, it's annoyed me more now. It's not something that super bothered me, as I said, like 20 years ago and sort of stuff where, you know, you, you kind of did it and, and, uh, and you kind of think, oh, okay, people are, they, they'd be, or, you know, as they tell you, they'd be an arty or, you know, so it's in service of the story. Mm. But now I don't believe that anymore. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah. You've got to be cynical about it. Like, I, I, I look, I, I agree with what you're saying. I, I, also, especially yeah. when you talk, when you talk about the wine scene and all that sort of stuff, it's hard not to see it as a bit of a, yeah, yeah. A bit of a power, uh, a power play. Well, I remember, look, I don't know, man. Like the reason it's there in um, in shows is primarily to literally titillate the audience and just sort of like it's just a little bit. It's it's gratuitous. It, it is gratuitous. It is, it generally is. You know what I mean? Like you you could have it or not. I don't mind it, but that's what it is. It's sex sells kind of thing. But in the comics, I think sometimes, honestly, it's so, like I I don't really care, but I do think mostly when you see it in comics, it's just there to be like, aren't we a little bit naughty? You know what I mean? Like it's... Yeah, that's my point. They think like, oh my God, aren't, you know, aren't we pushing the boundaries? Aren't we, you yeah, know... like it's not... And all that sort of shit and all that. It's the same, like, I'll give you a perfect example. This was in like, I think like the first episode of uh, Game of Thrones, right? Mm. When the kid scales up the... Oh, there's like, heaps the of it in Game of Thrones. Yeah. Huh? There's heaps of no, it no, but, I'll just, but I'll give you a perfect example of what I'm talking about. Mm. So there's a young kid and he's like scaling up the vines or the yes. leaves out of the, or in that sort of like tower, right? Mm-hmm. And he gets to the top and then he sees, I can't remember the names, but I think it's the brother and the sister. It's Cersei right? and, and, um, and Jamie. And he's like, and he's railing her from behind, right? <laughs> and then the boys, and then they stop and then he goes and then he pushes the boy. Yeah. Like basically kills him because obviously they ought to keep it a secret. You could have done that mm. by just having them kiss him. Mm. And yep. it would still have the same effect. Sure. That's my point. Like, when you tell me, like, no, you, when people tell me, oh, it's for the, no, it's not. Because you could have done it. You got the same effect without the fucking Australian <laughs> scene. <laughs> I'm just saying, I just don't believe you when people tell me that it's for the story and that it has to be in there. I just don't believe that. No, I mean, definitely in Game of Thrones season one in particular, and probably the first two seasons, a lot of it's there to sort of... It's literally to bring in viewers, you know, and, and like, get get some no, conversation. No, but in the book, and I just think that uh, that yeah. was George Martin getting, getting his rocks off. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Oh, that's funny. Um, Amazon Prime and MGM Studios are set to lay off several hundred employees, so much for all that success. Mm. Um, I'm surprised, like, Amazon Prime... I mean, I guess they spend a lot of money on these shows, because... I mean, they make so much money. Is it literally yeah, the, you know, richest person But they do, you know. I mean, the people subscribe to the Amazon Prime. Yeah. And they keep telling me, oh, my God. You know, and, yeah, they said, you know, reach a fucking one, number one sort of show. Oh, my God, everyone's loving Lord of, you know, uh, Rings of Power. Oh, fuck, Wheel of Time, the most watcher. Da, 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 da. Okay, so you keep telling me how successful all the shit is that you're making. Yeah. Why do you keep laying people off then? Yeah, that I don't know. That I don't know. Do you know what I mean? You keep singing about, oh my god, you know, season two of Wheel of Time, fucking hell, everyone's talking about it, everyone loves it. Why are you, why are you 
Are you there, Rich? Yeah, well, what are you doing? What's with all the light? And again, not just like, oh, we laid off 10 people. Yeah. Several hundred. Yeah. On uh, again, And this has been, this is just the next batch. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. I don't understand how success leads to layoffs. I just don't. Well, yeah. I mean, they're always, they're always um, trying to cut costs. But yeah, they're looking at the numbers. Yeah, Rich. So, I mean, the scenario is, I think, that they're just spending a lot more money than these shows are bringing in. So I think the video division's mm. losing money, basically. Oh, oh, definitely. And it's probably also why they've closed down the games division as well. Mm. But like, we want to do the games, but we're not making the money we thought we would on all the streaming shit. Well, and don't forget, like, I don't care. Like, Wheel of Time could be bringing in a few more viewers and so could um, Reach It, but that's not enough to fund when you when you pay a billion dollars for Lord of the Rings, for example. For ex- That's just one example. Like, you know, that's that. And that would have, you paid a billion. Let's say you paid a billion at least for it. Think of how much money that fucking show cost. Like, it was a, it was a very expensive looking show, you know? Um, didn't didn't Lord of the Rings and Wheel of Time set records for? I think so. The amount of money spent. I will say Wheel of Time season two is a hell of a lot more enjoyable than season one. Um, I I'm enjoying it, but uh, you know that's just my personal opinion. I, it's not the greatest thing I've ever watched or anything, but I just think they're spending. I I can't speak to MGM. I have no idea what's happening at MGM, but I think Amazon have spent so much money on their TV stuff. And in some ways, you have to argue you have to do that to, to set up a genuine prospect. You know? uh, but, here, but here's the thing. like, I, I, I believe Reacher is successful because I think Reacher actually sticks pretty close mm. to the source material because obviously Lee Child, I think, also just helps them and gives them notes and you know what I mean? And he's there to sort of run things by them and all that. But you look at the two shows like Wheel of Time and um, obviously Lord of the Rings. Oh. And there's a YouTuber guy. I, I, I watch a fair bit of his videos. I find him very entertaining. Um, I, I, I kind of like his takes on stuff and all that. Um, he's a massive, like, Dave, like, he, you don't even hold a candle to him. Like, oh. this dude is a massive Wheel of the Time fan, like, fan, oh. right? Uh-huh. He knows the books inside out. And according to him, th- this is not even, like... Oh. They're not even like really sticking to the books. Like they're making so many changes and unnecessary changes to it. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Because he's yeah. like, the book is already the, the ready. The book is already pro-feminist, you know, or pro-feminine. Sure, it's pro-woman, and yet you're making even it more. Yeah, like you you take these, and he's gone through situations where they've taken things that were supposed to be done by the men. Yeah, and and give, and he's like, but it's already pro-woman. Yeah. Yeah. So you're not taking something that's pro-man, and you're literally taking something that's really pro-woman and then taking even more away from the male characters. <laughs> and he's like, this dude's like massive infuriated by it. Wow. Uh, but I just wanted to get it because I wanted to get a perspective from, mm. as I said, I'm not a big Wheel of Time fan. I read one book, mm. you know, I think maybe two years ago. Um, I'm not a big, he's like, he's like, I read it all. And also he's a big... Um, uh, uh, a Sanderson person, so again, he's read all his books, he's yeah. read all this stuff and all that, and and it just goes to show you that the two shows that are not following the source material are the shows that are doing the worst. Yeah, and the show like Reacher, which is getting way more praise. Again, there's some people that don't like it, of course, that's with everything, mm. but it's getting way more praise. Mm. 
and and far less complaints than those two. So it just goes to show you, if you can adapt something, mm. adapt the fucking thing. Yes, you may need to make the odd change because you know you you you're telling the story in a different format. Yeah. So there may be things, you, but you don't go into it before you know to and go right. These are all the shit I'm changing yeah. because I want to tell a different story. Yeah. No, I hear, man. I hear. Look, so, I, I just find that fascinating. I, I will say this: I, I certainly am nowhere near that level of expert, but even I, and I consider myself a novice Wheel of Time fan, um, I've noticed that they've switched stuff up pretty drastically at times, or cut stuff out a lot. And not for the better. And also, I will say again, I don't think they explain it well enough at times for the casual viewer. Like, oh, yeah, no, that was another issue he had with it as well. Yeah, it's like having read the like three of the books, you know, and and have done a bit of research. So I, I kind of get the world, if you know what I mean. Like, I'm sometimes I'm like, honestly, I only I only understand where they're going because I've read the book. You know, like mm-hmm. I, I I feel. It's weird. Like, I almost feel like it's it, the show moves slowly, but yet they somehow still manage to skip a lot of n- necessary exposition. Mate, which I think spot on. You said the same thing. Yeah, it's 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 odd. Now that said, season two is a better show, and it's more rewarding as a fan of the books. But it's by no means a perfect adaptation or anything. Like, it's 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 flawed. And I'm enjoying it because it's kind of like it's a bit like um, back in the day when you only had so many things and you sort of liked it, you know, for for what it is. Like it's like that. You're like, well, it's not terrible, and it's I quite enjoy the book, so I'm quite enjoying it. Like, but it's not like oh, this is amazing. It's kind of like they could have done a lot better. And it, it, it it's so weird to me that it's it's slow moving and yet skips a lot of stuff, necessary stuff, and. I just I sometimes think that the showrunners might not actually have properly read the books. Weirdly, it, you know, they're going off sort of this the. It's like they're going off the bullet points that have been provided to them. Yeah. So they're not well, even I mean, aware. Sanderson has even come out and said that while they did approach him in the first season, they didn't actually yeah approach him that much. Yeah. Or even do a lot of the shit that he you know what I mean that he. Which is so weird. Which is so weird because obviously Robert Jordan's dead, but Sanderson, you know, his career is flying, and he did finish the series off Jordan's notes. So he's as and it's considered did it well. Um, So if anyone is going to sort of help shepherd them, it's not like Sanderson's career has only exploded since those days, and he did that well. Mm -hmm. So. It's as good as you're going to get, and I'm not saying he's going to be writing all the scripts, but they, you know. But again, it probably came down to money. I mean, he's he's busy. Um, you know, how much are they paying him to review the stuff? And I honestly, that's what it feels like. It feels like a showrunner has gotten some notes from season one, and they're like, okay, we're going to try better, which they are. But then mm-hmm. they're still going off. It's like as if I said to you, can yeah. you can you summarize the this these three books for me, Rich? And then I won't bother reading them. I'll go off your summary. So whatever you summarize is all I know. Yeah. You know? Well, that, but that, that's the thing. They could have, on Lord of the Rings, they could have consulted Peter Jackson, right? Mm. Now, Peter Jackson, no, but he, he immersed himself in that world mm. for years. So he, they studied the books, right? Him and the writer and all that. They studied those books to, 
you know, to, to figure out the characters, figure out the story, what they could cut, what, you know what I mean? Like, or what, whatever, whatever. So you could have at least got some advice from him. And yeah. same with, yeah, uh, with um, Sanderson, right? Yeah. Yeah, he didn't start the books, but he's written them and, and he's written enough of the books that he would have had to have understood the characters. Oh, 100%. Read the yeah. stuff, you know what I mean? And, and, and learned, okay, these are what the characters are, so this is how I have to write them. And so there's two people that could have immensely helped you in understanding yeah. the characters, the worlds, and all that, and you literally just tell them, fuck off. Yeah, it's it, it's so funny. It's it's the same thing when when look, I I don't pretend to be a gigantic Halo fan, but I know there's plenty of people are when they get the showrunner who goes, oh, we don't play the game, we don't need to know the game, we we don't really mm. even like the game, we're doing our own thing. It's like Jesus Christ. Firstly, the the worst thing you could possibly have said. But why did we get you then? <laughs> like, is it, you know, yep. it's like. It, it's kind of like um, we're doing a Punisher series, uh, TV series. Uh, we've hired David Finn, and my first thing is comment is, I, I, I really don't like Punisher. I've never liked Punisher. I've never read anything. I'm just going to be doing my own thing with it. Oh, great. Like, it's 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 slapping in the... Like, that that is not what fans want to hear because Halo has an immense fan base of people who played all those games. You know what I mean? Like, there's... Like God knows how many kids who are now, now adults who, who fucking know it all and loved it and would have been so ready for a great Halo show, you know, which I'm sure yeah. they could have done, well, you know? It's very few instances of someone who's a fan of something making something super bad. Yeah. There's going to be a few, of course, but I'm saying, obviously, the majority... Sure. The majority of a lot of stuff, you know, again, Peter Jackson, massive Lord of the Rings fan. Sure. Right? Mass talking fan, wanted to do right. You know, um, yeah. Uh, I'm put his heart and soul. Uh, you know, um, put his heart and soul uh, into it. You know, it's. Yeah, it's but I'm trying to think of other examples which there have been. It's just that. Um, oh, dude, I'm sure there's many. Like, a lot of people who go to pick up properties, they look, they don't necessarily, you don't have to have read every issue. A fucking no, you don't have to Batman. be an expert, no, but you but need to have some experience and often, some knowledge and some uh, d- d- uh, appreciation of the fucking. Often, what they're the, often what these people have done, you know, is they really they read or watched it at a young age or at a certain point in their life, and they have a very good sort of memory of what the character was to them, and blah blah blah. So they have something. You know what I mean? They have a connection of some sort. Obviously, some people just get a job and, you know, you go into the job. But we're talking about instances where people have a certain passion and they've pitched it and they get the role, blah, blah, blah. Now, that Halo thing was ridiculous. And it feels like Wheel of Time is similar, whereas they're sort of... They don't really get it, you know, and... They're trying harder and they're doing better, but they were coming from a low base. So the, I'd say Wheel of Time Season 1 was like a 5.5 out of 10. Sorry, a 5 out of 10 or a 4.5 out of 10. This is more like mm. a 6.5. If you're generous, it's a 7, but really it's a 6.5. You know what I mean? Well, like, you know, really. It, but I always think like the perfect thing, which, and this is where I think comics are failing, right, is when we were reading comics, right, generally all the guys that were working in comics wanted to work in comics. Sure. They actively yeah, yeah. Um, look to get into comics, right? Because they grew up reading comics and, you know, yeah, maybe they want to be a writer, but uh, one avenue was comics, but I guess they, they grew up reading comics. Mm-hmm. So that's what, you know, that's a, that's a job. I can get that. I read comics. I like comics. I can get a job in comics. But now today it almost feels like 
a lot of the people that they get into write, like the new ones, they are approaching them. Like they'll approach a YA novel and be like, oh, hey, do you want to come write a comic? And they'll be like, I guess so. <laughs> well, what do you want me to write? Uh, Batman. Okay, I've never read Batman in my life, but sure, I'll write Batman for you. Sure. And then it becomes like, oh, well, I don't know, so I'll make Batman Asian. Because <laughs> I'm Asian and I don't know what Batman is like, so I'll just write, it, write him as an Asian because that's my experience. Sure. And that's the problem. And, and I feel like that's also what movie studios should do, is if you want to do something, put a call out there, say, hey, this is what we're doing. We're going to be making this movie, and then you'll maybe get people who will approach you and be like, oh, my God, I'm, you know, and you'll get directors be like, I love this fucking property, man. you got to give me, you know what I mean? And you can oh. still got to vet them. Oh. But at least then you are attracting the people that want to yeah. uh, do that job because they love that property. You know, you can have a But instead, I feel like they go and actively look, and they'll be like, hey, you, you, you're the guy that did that movie. Come make this movie. And then that person yeah. goes, yeah, but I don't, uh, I don't know anything about fucking Marvel. Oh, we don't care. You, we, you know, you're the big name right now. Come over, and you're like, okay, I'll come. And again, who's going to say no? Mm. It's a fucking job. Yeah, you're going to say no, but yeah. it also means that they, they, they didn't come to it with. Oh, I, I hear that yeah. that passion. I don't know. It's it's so. It's weird interesting. When, when... It's interesting because there are examples where people who are not familiar with properties at all turn around and make a great movie. Like the guy who made Rogue One, famously wanted nothing to do with Star Wars ever, and in turn around and made probably the best movie Disney did, you know, of Star Wars. Like, it can go both ways, but I, in general, I agree with you. I am critical of people who don't like the source material who then go to make... But to be fair, he didn't make a Star Wars movie. Mm. Yeah. He literally created all new characters that just died at the end of the movie. Sure. Yeah. But, but he wasn't working with anything really... No, I know what you ...kind mean. of, you know what I mean? Like... Yeah, yeah. So it's not quite a one-for-one. One. No, True. Can I ask you a question about Star Wars? You've seen Last Jedi, haven't you? Um, Only half of it. Okay. The scene, which I thought was interesting in Last Jedi, I think it was Last Jedi, um, where they go, they go to, like, a, a planet, Benicio Del Toro's in it, and he's, like, a weapons dealer. Oh, uh, yeah, that's the fucking casino... Yeah, no. Everyone. I've before that. Look, dude, everyone hates the scene, and I agree. It was, there was stupid stuff in it, but I liked that they had a weapons guy who was selling to the rebels and the imperials. No, 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 no. That, yeah, that's cool. That's not the problem yeah. that people had with it. Yeah, the problem people had with it was they did the side mission that had nothing to do with the story. Yeah, just because they wanted something in the movie that was anti-capitalism. Right. Oh, okay. Right. I didn't realize that. Okay. You know, it was like a very pro, like animal rights, anti-capitalist right, thing. Right, right. But it was unnecessary. Yeah, okay. It, uh, it was a totally unnecessary thing. That, again, you could still have the weapons guy, they go meet the weapons guy, he betrays him, pfft, you could still have that. You didn't have to have this farcical fucking casino. Oh, they're running around on like... Shit and all that sort of crap. Like, yeah. that was that was just the director going like, I want to have a statement. Right, okay. You know, I just liked the scene. Right, I liked the scene where he brought up the weapons on his computer or whatever he was doing. I thought that was a good scene in a very, in my mind, mediocre Star Wars. I, I, look, I, let, let, let's not be, let, let's, let's, you know, I'm not on, let, let's not be juvenile. Of course, there's going to be some good scenes in a bad movie. Mm. Like, yeah. You know, I'm, you know, um, but th they certainly don't help uh, no. uh, alleviate. Oh, God, no. God, no. no <laughs> definitely, definitely not. Now, she-Hulk star, Tatiana, and we're not sure of her last name, was apparently begging for work on someone's Twitch screen. 
did you did you see this rich yeah, apparently like someone i don't know maybe someone invited them on or was sort of interviewing and all that and they were yeah. like oh, shit, oh, you know what's happening with she hulk and two yeah. and all that sort of shit and apparently she was like i don't know i'm out of work i don't have a job wow they blew, she, she made some excuse about they they blew all the budget and right. they don't have money for a second blah, 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 but really she got no job and so she's looking for work if anyone wants to hire and I was like wow that's fucking sad yeah well I, I guess it's the life of that an actress is isn't it it's the life of an actor though they go from job to job you know but again if you again people always say you are being so negative it was actually a really good successful show then why is she begging for work yeah yeah True. It was such a great show. It was such a hit, and everyone fucking loved it. She yeah. should be on to the next fucking job. Yeah, sure. That's a good point. Look, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, it was very divisive. Yeah, she's the star. I can understand you've been part of a hit show, but you're not the main actor. So maybe you, you know, it's a bit harder for you to, 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 to um, turn that into the next. You know what I mean? Because they're like, oh, you played sure. the side character, or whatever. But if you're the main character, yeah. In a Marvel, I don't understand how people aren't chomping at the bit if it was something that was great. It's interesting. What's the name of the guy? He was in Pulp Fiction in the diner scene, and he's in. He he's in. He plays the Abomination. He's oh, in. Oh, uh, 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 Roth something. Yeah, I don't know. Is it Timothy Roth? Is that his name? Something Roth. I think that sounds right. Yeah, yeah. He he. he I just for some reason remembered him. Look, I watched the whole show. The CGI of her is terrible, and the humour can be a little cringeworthy, but I thought it was okay. Like, I've Tim seen... Roth. Tim Roth. Timothy, yeah, Tim. Tim Roth. Is Tim Roth, yeah. Um, I thought it was okay, but, yeah, I agree with you that um, it wasn't like... I, I, I know what you mean, where they're like, oh, it's such a huge hit, like, oh, it broke all the records. Are we doing another season? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, we're not. <laughs> um... Rebel Wolves, a new team of former CD Projekt Red developers, reveal its upcoming dark fantasy RPG is called Dawnwalker. This comes from Mitch, big supporter of the show, Mitch, and I told him um, CD Projekt Red, Rich, is the um, the Witcher guys. I know, yeah? I know who they are, Dave. No, I'm, but I'm, 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 I'm saying it for myself. They're the Witcher guys, yeah? Witcher? Cyberpunk? Witcher and Cyberpunk 2077. Okay, so I cannot get into that game. I have really tried. I just it's great. Do not like 2077. I fucking love it. What are you talking about, Rich? I just find it so slow. No. There's too much uh, UI. I don't like it. It's so cluttered. Dude, I love it. You know, I love that game, don't you? Are you familiar with that? Do you realize that? Like that? I, am for, I am well aware that you <laughs> like shitty games. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I finished Fugitive Season 2 last night. I'm on to Season 3 now. Wow. Nice. Yeah. Season 4 is where it goes color. I said to Michelle, I'm looking forward to the colour. Um, he's still on the run. He's still on the run, man. Oh, my God, he's on the run. Jesus. I said to her, it ended in a cliffhanger. Then I said, well, kind of the same cliffhanger of every single episode, like where he's just <laughs> barely escaped. And they always go, Richard Kimball knows freedom, the freedom of a lonely road, of being hunted uh, by the, you know, blah, blah, blah. So, so, so. Do you remember, like in the movie, right, where they had Harrison Ford in the um, the the I didn't I don't think it was sewers, but the dam. Yeah, yeah. Water yeah. thing. And yeah, I, the waterfall. I want them to do. I want them to do a, a fugitive TV show again, right? Yeah. But every season ends with that scene, where he's like, "I I I I didn't do it. I don't care." In the same spot as well. And and Harrison Ford jumped down the. And he throws himself off, and then it goes end of the season and then you start the next season. Oh, but 
It says it just starts with him somewhere. Don't even acknowledge the... Uh, yeah. The, the well, water thing, like, Michelle goes. She, I, I said to her, he's gonna get, find some, you know, um, find some leads on the one arm man in season three. She goes, my God, how long are they spitting this out? The movie did in less than two hours. I go, four seasons, you know, like it's, dude. Imagine this. I thought of this today because uh, I'm always like, what, what a loss when David Jansen passed away. What, what a loss to the acting community. Because I, I said to Michelle, David Jansen's putting on an acting class here. Seriously, students take note. You know, his range, Rich, his delivery, his, his pathos, his, his intensity, it's everything. He's understated but powerful. But anyway, um, yeah, I was just, I was like, imagine if, like, you know how Gunsmoke went for 20 seasons and, and like, Bonanza went for, yeah. like, 14 Imagine if Fugitive had gone for, like, 30 seasons. Like, from, like, 1963 to, like, 1993. If he'd just been on the run for, like, 30 years. And, like, all the technology around him would change and stuff. But he was always on the run from episode to episode. That would be super interesting. Yeah, and, and uh, 15 years while he's been on the run, uh, the one on man died. And so now there's no way for him to prove his... Yeah. Uh, his he, Dude, I don't know. In the last 15 years. Right, I tell you right now, I've watched two seasons. He's made very little inroads on this one-armed man. Very, <laughs> very little. There was one well, episode. There's not that many one-armed men, you know, so... Well, you know, just, there was one episode where he literally met him. He literally full-on, like, met him. Like, he was captured and the one-armed man, like... And he, I don't know if they had a conversation, but it was like... He, he knew it was him and he almost caught him. That was one episode. And there's another episode where he's, it's the flashback to the uh, first episode where he is driving the car and the, he stops the car when a guy runs on the road and it's the one-armed man. Other than that, there's almost been no one-armed man at all. So season three, they've got to open it up, I reckon. He's well, got he's to... Keeping a, he's keeping a low profile, dude. Yeah, but, like, I'm just, like... Because the thing with me is, and, and this kind of keeps me up at night, I'm like, there's only four seasons of The World's Greatest Show, and I've I finished two, man. You know, and I'm like, man, I can feel the road closing in, you know? Like, I want him to keep running, dude. You know what I mean? Like, I love the, I love the run. Oh, that's very selfish of you. You're saying you don't want him to find a killer. I do, but I, I, but I said to you I wanted it to be like a 30-seasoner, you know? But sadly, Richard Jan- um that's a, that's, that's a bit excessive, dude. David Jansen passed away, man, late 70s, punched out, heart attack. So he's gone. Because, Jesus, can you imagine if I got him on the show? Oh, we would just... I could spend hours, hours. Take us back to season two, episode 11, David. You know, where were you? He'd be like... He'd be like, I don't know, can you remind me what happened in that season? <laughs> yeah, I, I would, I remind actor. you. I actor, man, I don't, I don't know. Slow down, he was a producer as well. He was a producer as well, I'm serious. He earned a lot of money from wow, it. Wow, so he had money bags, okay. <laughs> I doubt that's going to help him remember the episode of the season. <laughs> uh, just like, wow. I was like, I'd be like, sometimes you wake up at night and think you're still on the run. Because, I mean, to be fair, a lot of the problems with that is that I, I would imagine that, especially when time has passed, mm. a lot of those episodes you just bleed together. 100%. Because it's always the and same plot. Like, All right, if you say so. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, it's always the same plot because the thing with The Fugitive is every episode it sets up in a new town with a new job and a new supporting cast. The only constant is him, sometimes Gerard, chasing him. You know, that's always a, a new encounter kind of thing. 
so far in two seasons, no. He's even gone back and seen his parents. Not yeah, his dad and his brother and sister. And he's even gone to the mother-in-law and the father-in-law of the wife, and and all that. But it's so far there's been no reoccurring other than Gerard. And I guess you could say the one I meant, but as I said, he's barely been in it. You know, so it's always a new scenario every time, which is what I love about it. It's, it's brilliant. I mean, I wish it had gone for 30 seasons. It would have been so cool because you could have had the internet start and, like, people getting more sneaky with him, you know? Because what I always question in The Fugitive is, he just like in the movie, he had grey hair, okay, grey short hair, and what he did was, when he escaped from the train... When fate moved its giant hand um, and he escaped, he coloured his hair dark, which is what he did in the movie as well. But Gerard always has the picture of him with the grey hair. I'm like, you know, you, you've, you've, you've seen him multiple times. Like, multiple times in the two seasons, he's almost caught him. He's, in fact, caught him at times and had him in a cell and then he's escaped from that as well. So you've seen him. You know he has dark hair. So why wouldn't you update your wanted picture? Do you know what I mean? Like, the, he always pulls out the same one a picture with the short hair, dark grey hair. It's like, you know he's got dark hair. <laughs> Actually, they should put the one a person with all different hair colours. They should. But, if like, there was, in the last episode, he, he went to the sheriff and he goes, we, he, we, they sort of knew that he was around that town, like they had some intel. And they were trying to be sneaky and catch him. And um, he went to the sheriff and he pulled out the picture and he goes, he's got dark hair now. It's like, but you have surely the technology to colour the hair Oh, maybe they didn't, do. Maybe not. So they couldn't, you don't reckon back in the 60s they could have done a, even a drawing with the dark hair? Maybe they could have just got a texture and coloured it in, I guess. <laughs> well, I, but, but I feel bad because I'm making it easier to capture my favourite person, you know. But do you like well, my... You, you, do you have loyalties, Dave? I do. To, I love The Fugitive. I I'm love... pretty sure you would, you would sell someone out to the highest yeah. bidder. Richard Kimball's one of my favourites, man. But am yeah, I... Yeah, but if they, like, here's the reward, you'd be like, oh. How much? Okay, he's, he's over there. How much? Depends how much. They'd be like, it's a $50,000 reward. No, you'd be like, he's not, over there. Not he's enough. Not enough. Keep pumping those numbers and then maybe we'll get something. Oh, but, oh, but, um, but I've got a question for you, Richard. Do you like my idea that it could have been a 30 seasoner? No, God, no. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> And seasons. I would be so bored of that show after probably five years. If I'm being honest. Seasons back then were twenty six episodes, man. Yeah, no, thank you. Twenty six episodes per season, no, thirty years. I actually start to think that uh, everyone involved in, in in this world is an idiot. <laughs> Imagine both thirty years, he'd be so old, and so would Gerard. They go around their walking frames. Because if you think about it logically, he's not technically hiding; he's trying to find a killer. So yes. it's not like he fled the country or something like that. So the fact that he's been for 30 years <laughs> running around, evading them while he's trying to find the killer, then everyone is fucking dumb. No, but no, but in the show, there's less of that. In the show, there's less of that hunting around for the one-armed man. Like he, a lot of the time, he's but just... he's still hanging around in the same areas, hiding, instead of getting the fuck out of Dodge. No, no, what he's always doing is he's moving around the country, but it's not always for the one-armed man. He's just looking for a place where he can sort of rest up and he works cash jobs and get out the country yeah but no he had that opportunity 
but he chose not to do that because he wanted to find the one-armed man. He did have an answer. So that's my point. Like, no, 30 years, I'd be like, no, thank you. All right. Okay. Um, Glenn Powell and Miles Teller are rumoured to be returning for a sequel to Top Gun Maverick. Do you need it, Rich? Uh, no, but, I mean, then again, I didn't feel like I needed the the last sequel and I really enjoyed it, so... I love I'm willing to... I'm willing to give them a, you know, I'm willing to wait and see. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm, not sure, I'm not like, oh my God, give it to me right now. I'll just be like, okay, well, if it's good, it's good. But, yeah. you know, that surprised me with that one. So, you know. I really enjoyed it. Um, also, Warner Brothers, which have now closed a deal with Tom Cruise to again be um, producing some of his movies um, or distributing them, uh, are pushing for an Edge of Tomorrow sequel now that they've closed the deal. So the edge of tomorrow. Yeah, again, see, I mean, look, they could do it. I, I never thought that thing needed a sequel, but mm, they can do a good one, I suppose. Yep. Now you've got some Judge Red news, Rich. T- take us through this Ooh. Judge Red news, because um, yeah, well, I, I read this and I was like, this this has the potential to upset you because mm. it really depends on how well it's done. Mm. Um, so it looks like Dread will be getting a defund the police storyline in 2024. So I put you. Fingers crossed it's a dark satirical take and not a lecture. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, I mean, look, Dread is... Look, if, you, if you have a bit of fun and you're going to poke fun at even both sides or whatever and, yeah. you know, like, like like it used to do, you know what I mean? Yeah, Back yeah. in the day when they used to make fun of just left, right, whatever. Yeah. Then I've got no issues with that. I'm like, okay, it could be pretty funny. Mm. Um, you know, you've got a bunch of, like, twats trying to defund the judges, which, you know what I mean, is the... It's, it's the dumbest idea, like, in that world. Yes. You know indeed. what I mean? Yeah. Um, so it has the potential to be funny, but do I have faith that it would be something like they would have done 20, 30 years ago? Not really. Well, the writer Rob Williams has done some good dread. He's done some mediocre dread. Uh, the the, the storyline behind it is apparently that in recent years, the judges have been putting more emphasis on rehabilitation and apparently in Mega City One, it's been working. So now they're sort of like it's literally remember defund the police were like instead of well, police what do you we mean just want rehabilitation. What can you can you explain what that means? I, I've not read it, but the article I read said that um, the judges instead of impre- you know how dreads always like you doing five to ten in the cubes, instead of that they've been sentencing more people to, like, community programs and social work programs and stuff like that. Supposedly in the comics, that's been a... They've been running an experiment. That's what it was. They've been running an experiment. That seems so serious, though, and not fun and fascistic. Well, I think the know. series has got a more serious in, like, the last 20 years. Oh, oh yeah. God, that's not good. Yeah. So, anyway, my point is, that's been an experiment that the Justice Department has been running, okay? Internally. Secret experiment. It's apparently been showing some decent results hence that's the storyline anyway in the comics and so now that they're looking to maybe broaden that out anyway whatever man like it's fucking fictional like i i don't want the judges to become pussycats it's just be so boring you know it's got to have a twist man you know like, well if the, if they if if they're worth their their salt then it would yeah You'd set it up to be, and then the people get, you know, fucking their asses handed to them by the the judges. Then that's how the the judge reg, the the dread books used to go. Yeah. But if you're telling me now they they now getting more serious and they're doing like a oh, reform, and it's like, well, where's the fucking fun in that? Yeah. And they're like, they're like, and it's showing great success. 
<laughs> not that you're saying that, but I'm saying, oh, okay, because the right to want to the two. It's not real. Like, you can write, yeah. it's really working. Like, it's really, oh, gee, it's really panicked. Yeah, but that's the thing. This is the mistake people make. You Judge Dredd is not a serious fucking yeah. title, man. It's not like, when I say serious, it's not, it's not that, like, it's, it's, it's supposed to be a, you use Judge Dredge to poke holes and, and, and to create satire, yes, of modern mm. things, but not to... Well, I think... To look at it through with a serious lens and yeah. and, and try to have a, like a, a, a deep political conversation. That's not, that's not the place for it in Dread. I'm sorry. I, I think that's infiltrated the comic a lot, though, over the last 20 years. I, 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 without uh, wow. being an expert on it, I certainly prefer it where I mean, it's... It surprise me. I mean, if it's true, it, would, it definitely wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, I certainly prefer it where it's balls-to-the-wall action. I don't mind a little bit of social commentary, but, like, there's... Because, I mean, over the years, we've always had people trying to reform the judges, change the judges. Yeah. You know what I mean? Hold the judges accountable. And it's never worked. It's actually uh, led to some pretty funny um, uh, outcomes. And that's what you want, because well, it's not serious. Well, don't remember... Don't don't forget, sorry, that um, there was a democracy movement in the 80s and 90s and how that panned out, um, which... Really? If I remember correctly. Which I think if you... Being on, like, I, I certainly don't mind a little bit of serious judge red, but part of that was the citizens voted to retain the judges as well as the government, you know? Like, the citizens actually voted. I thought that was a searing critique in some ways. I, I you know, because it was Better the Devil You Know, it was literally the title, I think, of one of the issues. Anyway, well, we'll that people don't want extra responsibility. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it, look, it's, it's, it's better to blame the judges. Mm then have the onus on you and now you're responsible. Yeah, I know. You know. Again, okay, that's cool shit, but it was done in humorous... Yeah. You know, again, you can be... That's what I said. Like, I'm okay with them having a bit of a message, but at the end of the day, it has to be through the lens of Judge Dredd, not through the lens of the writer changing Judge Dredd yeah. to, to make this... Thing. No, I'm not saying they're doing that, but if that's what they do, that's wrong. Mm. You've done it the wrong way around. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. I agree. Now, um, uh, Michael Kellishim uh, was mentioning that uh, Beckett Collectibles has expanded its grading service to manga books. Uh, now manga fans can get in on the con job that is slabbing. To best understand why grading collectibles is such a lucrative and expanding market, one needs to merely look at the price, $30 to grade one book. Uh, with no variant covers to create an artificial market of manufactured scarcity... Uh, and since English manga are all reprints of their Japanese originals, there is no such thing as first appearance. So mm -hmm. we're interested to see if manga fans fall for the scam. Yeah, that seems uh, stupid. To no, me. they won't. Manga, manga. Uh, as someone who his girlfriend is into mm. the weeb shit, and and I talk to she's got friends, and there's you know I, I I've talked to a lot of weebs these days. Sure, they don't give a fuck. Yeah, yeah, they uh, they don't, don't give a. Fuck about the grade of a manga. Or I don't blame them. Neither do, neither would I. I. I don't give a fuck about the fucking. I, I think the whole thing's stupid, personally. Like, it's all for, for flipping purposes in comics, isn't it? Isn't the whole point so that if I buy Action Ten or whatever, and and I get a high grade on it, that helps me when I want to put it on eBay to flip it. Isn't that basically it? Yeah. 
Hey, look, and I, I'll be honest with you. I've got a collection, and like I said, I've I've got some old video games that are worth a little bit of money. Mm. But I, th- the reason I keep them is because one day, hopefully, long down the track, it's something that'll be a lot of money, but not for me. Mm. Maybe for you know kids or something like that, where it's something that you know when they go through my stuff, they might find out that something's. I, I think we're gonna say. I think we're say for me, if I come over, if Richard drops dead, I can have a leaf through his rare games or whatever. Dave, 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 we both know I'm living longer than you. <laughs> Richard drops dead. I turn up on your doorstep. Hi, Alicia. Can I just check out Richard's rare games and just run out of the fucking house with a armful? <laughs> just pilfer off the shelf. <laughs> but, you know, but I never bought the stuff I never bought the stuff to have it be valuable it just turned out to be valuable yeah I know you mean or to have yeah. some value I'm not, I'm not hunting for things because I'm like oh I want to flip it I'm like what a stupid just go get a fucking job yeah <laughs> like, I, I just think and, I honestly yeah. I agree with you man I, I honestly think that sounds like a lot of fucking effort for, for, for a little bit of profit potentially and having a just a lot of hustling bullshit you know, where it's like, maybe I just want to have a job, earn money, get bring the revenue in, blah, 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 buy what I want, live my life. Not having to worry about flipping shit on eBay constantly, like as if I'm some mm. sort of like I mean, look, hustle. I, I, I understand why people do that with houses and cars. That's completely different. You're yeah, but there's a big, far bigger rate you know of return mean? as well, can I say? But, but, but you're not doing anything other than buying the comic. Anyway. You buy the comic, you seal it in a baggie or whatever, yeah. you get some fucking guy who claims to be an expert to grade it, and then you sell it for... What have you actually done? I don't know. At least if you buy a house and you flip it, you've got to fix the house first. Mm. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You might not fix it all, but at least you've got, to, you've got to do something to increase the value. Same with a car. You buy a car, you've got to obviously fix shit. Yeah. You know, whether you've got to... Rep- you've got to do at least something mm. to, to, to make it more valuable... What do you do to make a comic more valuable? Well, they're, they're just trying to ride the market, man. They're just hoping that, like, the first appearance of, you know, Ironheart or whatever, like, they're just hoping... Yeah, but, you know, these fucking comic companies and these idiots, they're the reason why comics, like, aren't valuable now. Yeah. Because of this uh, speculation market and crap that was all... Cr- like, wh- <laughs> it's always so funny to me. The reason that old books became rare and valuable, right... Not because there's anything special about them, but a lot of them got thrown away. Yeah. Because kids would read it, and then it got thrown in the bin. Yeah. Right? Or a, a lot of the war got recycled. Yeah. You know what I mean? So no one was caring. About, but the thing is, once you get to, like, again, your, your, your 80s, your 90s, you know what I mean, that sort of shit, okay, yeah, people are keeping their comics and shit, but doesn't make the you know, they're not valuable now because everyone has them Co- the reason comics are valuable is because they they become few yeah yeah so if there's you know what i mean like there's still like thousands of a certain issue running around and oh this is more because it's 9.9 grade and this one's only got a 9.8 i was like what the fuck who cares yeah yeah i i, I don't care i i know that man i i'm i'm one of those guys who just couldn't give a shit about it but some people do. Some people... Uh, we have listeners who are heavily into it and, and good luck to them, you know? Like, I hope you can flip hey, away. No, I don't get it. I, but again, I, if that's what you, you like and you enjoy it, uh, more power to you. Have, have a blast. I just don't get it. Yeah, we don't get it, man. 
We don't get it. We're, we're fucking Frank Sinatra in the rock era going, what the fuck's going on? Um, now, Skybound. Uh, I, I'm so... This, this next item, we're supposed to be excited. Skybound expands its licensed properties with a Universal Monsters deal. Okay, that's good. The company has already released a Dracula series. I want to check that out. And has just announced a Creature from the Black Lagoon miniseries. I couldn't care less about the Creature from the Black Lagoon. What a boring character. Also, I don't care about these in comic book form. Yeah. I'd rather a movie. I really don't. If you told me that someone acquired the the Universal Monsters license and they were going to start making movies... I'd love that. Like, proper, proper movies, not some, oh, we want to do a shared universe like the MCU bullshit. (laughs) If you said we were like, hey, we're going to be making a new Frankenstein movie, we're going to be a new Wolfman, new Mummy, you know what I mean? Yeah. Even a Christian Black Lagoon could be fucking awesome if you're doing a movie, mm. right? And especially if you're going to go for, like, actually make the creature, like, um, you can make these all R-rated mm. universal monsters sort of movies, which you've never really have. So, again, you've got a Christian Black Lagoon, kind of treated like Jaws or, you know, Lake Placid or something like that. A lot of people dying in the water and limbs washing up on shore and all that sort of shit. I'm down for that. Comic books of universal monsters? James Tinney in the fourth. I'm, I'm looking online. James Tinney in the fourth is doing Dracula one. There's been three issues so far. It's called Universal Monsters Dracula one. There you go. Eh, I don't care. <laughs> Sorry, that also I mean, just sounds. I'm, I'm happy to review it, but I don't really care. No, I don't blame Universal you, Monsters in comic book form. I've got to be honest. There's but... something that I'm gonna buy. It's coming from Dark Horse, and it's a reprint of some '50s comics called Space Western Comics. I put the link into the show notes, and I'm going to put the link onto the uh, Facebook page as well. Um, I want to buy this, like, hard copy, because uh, I love all those kind of, like, 50s and stuff. And it's a mixture of space and western. It's, you know, it's from the, like, era of the 50s, man. You know, my favourite era, obviously. Oh, and, my God. <laughs> yeah, so Dave is getting involved when this comes out. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. I'm just I'm looking at the link. Yeah. And it's a... Cowboys wearing red shorts. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, but anyway, so oh my God, that's, that's I'm going to buy the I'm going to buy the book, man. Um, when it comes out, I'm looking forward to it. I think it comes out in 2024. Cowboys versus aliens, commies, dinosaurs, yeah. and Nazis. Jesus Christ, we're ticking off every box. There. And I'm loving it. I'm, these are all boxes that I'm loving. So this is this reminds me of when I went to my grandparents' house. I was just I was probably about I was probably about eight or nine. Really, I probably was if not younger, and I inherited my dad's comic books, sort of like from back in the day, and that included comic books of like um, black and white uh, stuff in the war, um, like World War Two stories of like fighter pilots and stuff, and mm-hmm. um, and stuff like this where it was like cowboys and Indians and stuff, and I was just loving it. I was loving it, man. So... It's, oh, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a nostalgia thing for me, so I'll be checking that out. Do, mm-hmm. I just want to say, it's a bit off topic just because we're talking about sci-fi. Do you know what's something that I, I actually want a remake of? What's that? Is um, uh, They Live. What a great fucking movie that is, yeah. Yeah. But I was thinking about it recently. I was talking to someone. In that movie, right, It's the the subliminal stuff is, is old-fashioned, right? It's billboards, it's TVs, right? Yes, yes. But we live in such a fucking technology, digital age now. Mm. I want someone to do a remake, but set now, mm. 
with the technology we have now and having aliens, you know what I mean, brainwash people and and because they would be so much more pervasive now. Oh yeah, because of phones and tablets and and computers and all that. Like that's what I mean. Like I feel like I'm okay with remakes if it's because technology has changed a lot and you could you could look at it through a different lens. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Something like that, and it would not take away from the classic. In fact, it could probably be a great sort of you know duology type thing where mm. you've got the the old and the new one. And I would even probably get a wrestler again just to try and keep it. You know, yeah, sure. You know, so you could get like a John Cena or something like that. Mm. Um, uh, but I mean, it's a classic movie. I love it. But I just mm. think technology has changed so much mm. that you could you could make it di- you could make it, but have it feel different because the technology is so different. That's a, that's a good pitch, man. I like that pitch, too. That's a good one. Um, I'd, I'd be 100% down for that. A good remake of, of They Live. Not a shit remake. A good remake. You know? Well, I would hope it'd be a good one. A good, don't I, want a shit I, one. I love the original, by the way. It's a great movie. Uh, now, that's hilarious. I don't know if you know this, Rich. Um, the 28 Days Later and and all that stuff. Uh, they're making... You know that franchise, yes? Yes, they're making a new one 28 years later. In the works from the original creative okay. team, Danny Boyle and Alex Garland, it's reported this new entry could be the start of a trilogy. I'm down for this. This is this is um, this is me. Twenty eight years, man. Come on, of the zombies. Yeah, I mean, again, bring it on. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. I also don't care about the 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 days the later stuff anymore. It's kind of done now. I want it, man. I want to see where we are in twenty eight years. Bring it on. Man, I'm still thinking about my 30 seasons of Fugitive in my what in my what if world. <laughs> You'll probably just get 30 seasons combined of uh, Walking Dead. Yeah, he definitely. Yeah, yeah, we're really let's milk it fucking dry. Now we have wrapping up the news. We have a, a Kellershim show debate. You wake up one morning to discover the artist Banksy spray painted some art, and he uses quotes on your house. Do you, A, list that your house for sale for seven figures, B, get some soap and water and wash it off, complaining about these damn kids, C, take to the streets to hunt down this bastard and dispense vigilante justice? Mine is C. B. What, what's yours? B. Just get soap and water and wash it off. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Fuck this guy, man. I'm sick of this fucking prick. You know, vandalising, graffitiising... And and I suppose I've never seen one thing from this guy where I'm like it's even good, you know. Like everyone's like, oh yeah, he's got an exhibition. I looked at it. Yeah, but dude, no one knows who it looks like. What a waste of fucking time. What I'm going to march through the streets for how long? No, dude. Guess what? They found out who he is. It's his 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 identity has been revealed. Has okay. it? It has. Yes. Yeah. It was revealed a couple few years ago. Yeah. They they worked out who it was. Like it was exactly who they always thought it was as well. Like. Dude, this guy's so overrated, man. So fucking overrated. Like, he's his own... Like, the, the mystique fed into the fame. Because I looked at what he has done the other day. There was some article about some exhibition. I looked at it, and it was the same old shit, man. Like, pictures of Marilyn Monroe where he spray-painted like a smile on a face. Like, dude, it ain't anything that amazing. You know? It's like, a, he's a spray-painter. I, if there was dread, I would like him to fucking catch this prick, break his knees, and put him in a cube for five to seven. Maybe he's going to learn a few lessons in there. You know? Yeah, sure. I mean, that's your, I'd just paint over it and be like, yeah, you're not worth my time. 
True. True. I didn't even think about you. True, man. Weekly Comics, Rich. Woo! Um, we're going to just start off with two very quick ones. Um, the two G.I. Joe comics. I want to thank Image Comics for supplying us and Skybound for supplying us with these um, issues. Uh, Cobra Commander 1 um, by your favourite, uh, Joshua Williamson. A really, really... Who is that? Joshua Williamson, man. The writer. Who's that? Who's the writer? Where's he written? Lots of stuff, man. Superman. Okay. Right? Superman. Um, lots of shit at DC. I, like, I feel like if he's my favourite, I should probably remember him. I know, I was being sarcastic. Because, <laughs> oh. oh <laughs> Jesus. I fell for that. I was like, are you always bagging him? Um, anyway, he wrote Duke last week as well. Um, no, that one I did actually enjoy. I'll give him that. This was really really good and it's it sets it from the very beginning with cobra commander uh it takes its cue from the movie cobra law is in it um globulus is in it um pythona um it is really really good it is really almost revolutionary actually this is mm-hmm. a this is a revolution in GI Joe storytelling. That's the quote on the on the back of the fucking book, man. This is a revolution. Seriously. Ooh la la. I loved it. Um, guess what? I'm giving it nine out of ten. Absolutely loved it. Then we had GI Joe American Hero three hundred three. Uh, Larry Harmer. It's a very solid Joe. Eight out of ten. A big improvement on the last issue where I felt you were a little down on it. Reach from memory. You were sort of like lukewarm. Um, mm-hmm. things heated back up, man. It's crazy. Uh, there's a there's an alliance between the zombie Serpentor and you know the AI guys, the the Ravash or whatever they're called. Yeah, they form an alliance. Spirits in it, man. Spirits in it. He has multiple panels. Oh, that's, that's eleven out of ten off the bat. <laughs> yeah. Um. Oh, and something I realized: Echo is Native American. So suddenly, yes. Echo we went just, up and we just, dude, we discussed that last week. I don't think I was paying attention to what I was saying, man. I think I was on fucking autopilot, which happens to me sometimes. I'm one of those guys. Sometimes I'm li- I'm going through a whole day, and I'm like, man, I have not really been present this whole day. You know, I've been <laughs> I've been operating on in- instinct and memories, and and like very little forward planning. Um, I was like, well, Native American normally gets a plus for me. I think I was making a lot of fun of the fact she only had one foot. You know, I was having a lot of fun with that where I kept saying poor Echo with the one foot, you know. And, yeah, I'm a bad person. When I say making fun, I'm not making fun. But, like, but I was focusing on the one foot and the fact she was mute. But she's also Native American. So she's got a lot of things, you know, roll, rolling around in her life. Um, oh, dude, I take my hat off that mm. they could find someone that ticked that, all those boxes. I know. Like, you decide, <laughs> right? Look, so here's the thing. I don't remember her being an amputee in the comics. I've not even ever read her, so I don't know. I don't know if she was mute. I don't know if that's something that they changed, you know, later, the mute and all that. But anyway, at some point they decided, right, Native American, mute, and, and uh, amputee. And, and they were like, we found someone. Yeah. Well, it just goes to show. Well, good luck to the girl who got it as well. Like, good luck to her. What a narrowing of... Um, well, good luck to her, though. Like, possibilities. It, it can't be easy. Like, some people would say Native American, you know, if you grew up on a reservation, it's a tough start. 
You got I know, but no, no, one but foot. That's my point. Imagine this. Imagine you find out that uh, Marvel, the MCU, is doing a yeah, 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 Native American, and like all these Native actors are like, oh, oh. and I go, oh, but she's got to be mute. You have to be missing a foot, and you have to be mute, and they'd be like, what? But you could play. You, you could play mute. No, no, you must be missing that foot, and you must be mute in real life. And Native American, you're like Jesus Christ. So you got one role. <laughs> And literally only one person can fit it. No, but think about this, man. Have you thought about this? You could play mute. I could play mute. That's what I'm saying, Dave. No, but you they could. could have, they could have opened up the casting. Oh, I see. Yeah. To get any Native American, mm. you know, give them a shot at the thing. And they were like, no, 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 no. Oh, sorry, you got both your feet. No, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> and, you're not, and you're not mute in real well, life. And they were like, why? But, I can, but I can act like I am. am no, nope, sorry. Am I the Got to be authentic. Am I the one asking, like, who decided she only had one foot? It just seems so random. Like, you know, I don't think to, I, I don't remember that being a thing in, in the comics of oh. what little I've seen. I don't know. It's just, yeah, okay. Well, that literally could have been something that was only done for the TV show, mind you. So right. I don't know. Okay. Well, anyway. Uh, Joe Joe, American Hero, 8 out of 10. It's very solid, Joe. Larry Hummer's in top form. Uh, I'm, I'm fucking fascinated. You're spirit. Spirit's great in it, by the way. He's somber, man. I've always pictured Spirit as a very somber character, and he really is. In fact, there's a great line where the guy goes, um, Hawk, I think, says to him, I, I'm trusting you to put the pit on total defense. Um, and he goes, and Spirit's response is, I'm always 100%, but I can go 200%. I was just like, fuck yeah. <laughs> fuck yeah, Spirit. I was like, fuck yeah, Spirit. Spirit's awesome in this, actually. He's been like, oh, cringe. No. <laughs> no. When do, we don't allow Andy Spirit comments on this podcast. Um, and then we had John Constantine Hellblazer, Dead in America 1. Uh, honestly, uh, I found this quite boring. Um, yeah, dude. Oh, my was it a God. Slog? This was so crap. I just found it was a real slog. Like... I, I, I've liked John Constantine at times, but this was just really overridden... And just dull, and like they they shoehorn dream into it almost to keep the audience's attention. It certainly helped with me, but then I was like, I just felt like this story was just crawling along, basically, you know? Yeah, and and, and well, one, it was, yeah, it was deathly boring. Uh, the dialogue was was oh my god. Um, yeah. But what, there's something that happened in this which I had a sneaky suspicion. Um, yeah. Um, that uh, and, and and so you know when the the he wakes up after talking to Dream, yeah. And then there's a cop that's threatening his son or whatever who happens to be black. Yes. And it's just like just stereotypical racist cop. Sure. Right. That served no purpose in the story whatsoever. No, it was just like a stop. That was just way. put there because someone wanted to just have, I want to have a racist hillbilly cop, you know, from the boondocks, you know, because I I just want that in this book. It did not, that scene did Mm. not move the story. It didn't reveal anything. There was, there was nothing in that. And I think it went on for like four pages. It went on on forever. Like, yeah. At the end of it, I was just like, you know, I thought maybe it'll be a demon or, you know what I mean? Like something that's going to, and I was like, nope, 
This guy just wanted again have his political message in it of like cops are racist, cops just want to shoot black people for existing, and it's wow, like you're so desperate to get that in the book. Mm. You put it in even though it completely derails and and has serves no purpose well, in your book. It, it just added pages, like uh, very boringly, like. And you were going on about um, earlier gratuitous. Well, what about the first scene where the dead guy's coming out and then tumbles down and they're doing the porno? And I was just like, that was just to show you, oh, wow, we're in the wild, wacky L.A., just anything goes. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know. I just... Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, With all the people just walking around naked and uh, by the pool and and, like the Hollywood. But but I don't care. I get it. Like, we're in debauched America. Wow. Like, really? Okay. And then it was like, um, I just, I just, I actually, honestly, I thought to myself, look, I don't mind John Constantine. I've read some very good Constantine over the years, but I'm not a dyed-in-the-wool fanatic, but I don't mind him. But this just seemed to be playing the same tired old beats. Like, it was just so boring. I'm giving it, I'm giving it six out of ten. Because I maybe a Constantine fan might get a bit more out of it than I got out of it, you know. Yeah, and I'll, I'll say this, and I think another problem with, I think also with Constantine being the type of character that he is, mm. I has Karik, has Constantine evol- evolved at all? Doesn't feel like it. Do you know what I mean? Like I, this Constantine feels no different than Constantine from twenty. Yeah. 80s. 20 years ago, 25 years ago. Do you know what I mean? I, yeah. It feels like exactly the same character. I don't feel like the character has changed in any... And again, it doesn't have to be a major change, but I don't feel there's been any growth or change in this character mm. from what I read 20-odd years ago to what I'm reading now. The only thing... It's written slightly poorer. <laughs> I would say overridden as well. The only thing of any interest was the fact that his heart's not beating. And I was like, he's technically kind of dead. I was like, that is slightly interesting. Um, not well, ex- yeah, kinda... It's not a character change, though. That's just a no, no, just a, just, just, but just a story beat that I thought was somewhat interesting in a very, I felt, boring book. It was just, it went on forever. I, I was like reading a really boring novel. I was like, God, this is boring. Like, oh, yeah, I'm joking with you. I, I did stop at some point and be like, shit, what page am I on? Yeah, I know. I feel like I've, been, I feel like I've read 50 pages. Yeah, it was. It, I'm not going to continue. I, I, I had some high hopes for this, and it has all this praise, like, oh, Cyrus Fury is coming back, blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, okay, well, I'll check it out. And then I was like, man, what a slog. Uh, what are you giving it a 10, Rich? Uh, I'll give it a five. Okay, I'm giving it six. And maybe if you're a Constantine fan, check it out and come back to me because I think a Constantine fan is going to have a better sort of field of vision on this because I was a little bit, like, underwhelmed. Um, our trade of the week, Rich, Warlock Rebirth, your pick. And can I say, what a pleasure that it was so short. Um, it got points just for that. Uh, 112 pages, beautiful. Rich, take us through Warlock Rebirth. Yeah, interesting. I just saw this is one of those um, they got uh, Ron Mars come in, mm-hmm. um, you know, kind of like they've done. Where it's it's, it's it's I don't I don't believe it's any continuity or anything like that. It's just like or it's roundabout like sort of off the Infinity War or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like it's just one of those things where they they give the, an older writer hey just go do make a fucking story whatever yeah. it'll be five bits or whatever and whatever. So it's one of that, and basically the high evolutionary makes a uh, uh, 
called Warlock Replacement. Yes, Eve. Uh, called Eve, and she basically goes there to just basically decimate him and take his place and uh-huh. make the universe a better place and all that. And obviously, like with any good comic, they join up at the end and uh-huh. and and fight the evolution and all that. It <clears throat> what a see. I like this, and I also am frustrated by this at the same time. I like it because it feels like a story that you would have read 20 years ago, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's a, you know, High Evolutionary comes up with a plan. His plan is to replace, you know, Adam Warlock, and he creates a thing, and they fight, and blah, blah, blah. And you're like, great, that's, you know what I mean? That's what I want in a comic. I want a cool mm-hmm. story. The problem is, I think, because it's not an ongoing book, mm. a maxi-series... Only getting five issues to tell the story mm. just means that it happens at such a breakneck pace mm. that it almost feels substanceless. You know what I mean? It feels a bit empty. It's like empty calories. Do you know what I mean? It's, yeah. Yeah. It, it yeah. just felt very light, but I think it's because he's like, okay, well, I've only got five issues. I have this interesting idea. Mm. I've got to cram it into five issues. So, you know, because in the book, you've got um, Marvel's son yes. comes to, he, he comes and he wants to meet Warlock. Um, and then before that, can, well, while they're sort of meeting, then all of a sudden Eve shows up and Eve just like sort of decimates him. And then Strange comes in, you know what I mean? And he sort of finds him in the realm and all that. Then they go and battle, you know, Eve again. But again, he loses. Mm. He gets found, and then you know, it's like uh, he kind of beats in the third one, but then Lufner she shows up, and he kind of tries to take the essence out. But then when he transfers the essence, and she turns on him, and then the two of them fight together, and that's the end. You're like, wow, what a breakneck fucking pace! You know oh what yeah, I mean? it was it was like but a comic strip. It was like boom, 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 yeah. boom, boom. But I feel like if let's say if it was an ongoing series, right, or like, and or you got a year, you know, so you could do um, maybe you could do twelve issues or something like that, or you know what I mean? It was an ongoing series. You definitely could have played more with the the stuff that was happening. You know what I mean? Mm. Like I feel like when they were trying, when he put them, hooked them up to the machine, and they transfer the conscious, or he was transferring the essence. Yeah. If you had a bit more time, I think you would have had them meet in the consciousness. Maybe sort of battle on that plane, and then maybe he convinces her. Mm. But because he didn't have the time, you know, it's like it's like being a director, and you've got to chop it. You know, put it on the cutting room floor. I don't have time to. Yeah. To explain it's just got to happen because i've only got 20 minutes left of them you know what i mean like yeah. it felt like a director who didn't have enough time and so I had to cut a lot of vital stuff just to keep it in the in the allotted time you know what i mean hmm. so i like the premise the art was actually pretty decent um ron friends but, wasn't it or was it ron lim yeah. was it ron lim or ron friends oh, i'm not sure oh shit i can't remember now i'll I'll look it up it was one of the two of them i always get them confused you know you know what it 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 made me feel a little bit like the older stuff i used to read Mm. so uh that was really cool but yeah i just this could have been more i I feel like if this had just given a few more issues and could go a little bit deeper you know what i mean because again why how good could it have been if because you had you had adam warlock questioning a little bit like okay maybe i should just fucking let eve you know what i mean maybe she's better than me but again, it's it's resolved so quickly. Ron Lim, yeah, when he went to the Soul World yeah. and uh, Doctor Strange yeah, came in. So man, I don't give a shit. But it, so that's the problem with this book is that there's some. It's a good idea, but everything resol- resolves too quickly. That's okay. Uh, you know, I enjoy I, it, but I, I hear you, and I will say this: I think it flowed well. It it was it was 
it was a breakneck pace, but I liked it for that. Um, it was very, 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 very simple, very basic. I felt very tailored towards young kids, probably, uh, growing up, um, giving them something. It, it felt targeting a, I, a young, innocent reader, which... The only thing I would say that I don't agree with you on that mm. is that it makes so much references to the Infinity War well, and yes. shit before. Yes. That, that would not be for a young reader. So oh, I don't yeah. agree. It may feel like that, but I don't think that was what it was supposed to be for. And that's what was also what I was going to say. It feels like they're targeting that with the style yes. and that's the what I mean. pace. Yeah. But the, yes, all the references, like I know the Infinity stuff, you know, like a lot of, I, I guess a lot of people who've seen the um, movies, like a, a younger reader who's seen Infinity War and Endgame would be familiar with Gauntlet and all that shit. I don't know. I look for me. It was super basic. I mean, you've got you've yeah, but you've got uh, shit. What's the is it is his name? No, not Puck. Um, yeah, the the Pip, the troll. Yeah, you know, and he's making references, and that he's yeah. an owner of a gem, mm. and um, they're talking about how Thanos killed him. That's not in the movies. No, it's not. No, no, I agree. Um, I'm just going for look. Who is it for then? Because I, for me, as it like, so, like I think it's just a thing that they've you know we need something. Mm. Right. Um, probably could have been done because of Warlock being in the Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. So they just wanted to have something. So I do agree with that. But I don't necessarily mean... I just think they were like, look, just come up with something. Mm. You've got five issues. Mm. And I think maybe Ron Mars just got... He had a, a an idea he probably should have saved. Mm. <laughs> that mm. he could have... But I think he just decided to use this idea and he had to cram it into five issues. And so, therefore, he had to simplify it yes. to the point that it felt like it was for, like, Young. simpler people. <laughs> y y younger <laughs> readers. Good. Younger readers. Like, uh, look, I'm mixed on it. It's not for me. I don't, yeah, like, me too. I don't care about Warlock. But that said, I thought this was more entertaining than I've ever seen him. A and I, I liked Eve. I liked the high evolutionary. It, it ticked. Like, out of about five boxes, it probably ticked three, where I was like, this is a good effort. Um, where, where it loses me is it the juvenile feel, but again, with a book that seemed to want you to know what Infinity Gems were and mm -hmm. what this troll was and what Soul World was and blah, blah, blah. Like, it, it, it didn't really explain. Oh, yeah, and, and reference to Marvel. Yeah, yeah, I know. Like... That's that's the part where I I'm I'm at a deeper level wonder about this one because I think with the with JM's one with the Ghost Rider one you're targeting a fan base that wants exactly what it was getting or very close to what it was getting back in like ninety five or ninety three or ninety four or whenever those books came out like Peter mm. David's New Fantastic Four oh, is yeah, you know that's what they've been kind of doing with these. The um, the Venom and the yeah, Spider Man yeah. and now this it is for us sort of old farts. Yes, who... and and patch the Wolverine <laughs> one. The new stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now they are very targeted, and I think very successful. This one felt a bit more rudderless because if I I have read um, Infinity whatever the first one was in Gauntlet, yeah, I have we did it on the show. I I don't know if it was mm -hmm. you or Stuart, but we did do it. And I did enjoy it. But that wasn't a book for young readers. That was a very sort of like, 
you know, it was very of its time, but it wasn't skewing particularly young. This, weirdly, is sort of in the same, how can I say, uh, space, but it's it's going way younger. So if I was a massive Infinity Gauntlet and all the other fucking Infinity things that came after it, I'm not sure this is the book I would have wanted. Do you know what I mean? So I'm not 100% sure. Like, it's okay. It's got a comic strip feel. I Look, I think a lot of times with younger readers too, sometimes they can read stuff if they're really young. And some a lot of shit will go over their head, but they like the bright colours and the, the, the battle and the fight and blah, blah, blah. Like, there's levels of understanding. Now... This is a weird one because I think it's got too much clutter, but also a really, really basic, 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 basic story. And I'm not 100% sure if this really succeeds. But it, it succeeds as a fast read and a light story, but I'm not sh- I don't know who's happy with this. I, I'd be interested to see what the reviews are like on this, actually, because I'd not heard about it. Um, I didn't dislike it i thought it was actually better than i expected because i am not a warlock fan and i liked that it was kind of lighter than normal with warlock i find warlock a very dull character um he always turns evil he he didn't turn evil here which i thought he was going to but he didn't um yeah uh, you know it it was what it was once it got going i realized exactly what this book was going to be it was going to be kind of it, it feels like this was written in an afternoon this is pretty basic stuff, and, you know, uh, I don't know. I, I'm sort of, it's not for me, but it's not bad. It's like, it's, it actually it succeeds well. well. I'll I say this. If you had to ask me to read current X-Men or this, I'd pick this. Yeah, yeah. No, no, yeah. It's Look, it's not terrible by any means. I, I, I'm just trying to sort of be a little bit, um, I'm sort of trying to critique it. As more than just me, because, dude, this ain't for... As soon as you say Warlock, it's like, well, that one ain't for Dave. But that's okay. I can read books that aren't for me and still, you know, work out if they're good or not. I think this overall works. I just think I would have either aged it up a little bit or simplified it a little bit and made it more well, kiddy. I guess what I would prefer from them is just to... If you're going to approach these older writers and all this sort of stuff... Mm. Maybe let them choose how many issues they want to do. Yeah. I mean, you still put a limit on it, obviously. Sure. You can say, look, you minimum five, maximum eight or something. You know what I mean? Like, and just say, come up with a story. That's it. You can do either minimum five or six. Yeah. Or, or sorry, five or eight. Mm. And at least then, if they've got an idea, they, they if they've got, ah, oh, I've got a really small idea, and I can whip it out in five or whatever, blah, 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 and then mm. I can move on to the next project, blah, blah. Or go, hey, I've got an idea, yeah, eight or seven, I need a little bit of extra time. Because I do feel, while this is a simple story, it could have had a few more twists and turns if maybe it had given a bit more time to breathe. Yeah. A bit more time to sort of delve deeper into uh, the evolutionary's motivations, Eve's motivations mm. and why she turned you know what i mean because again she turns just like that yeah and i kind of felt like in, in a you know in a comic back in the day they would have at least spent a couple of pages at the very least mm. um showing why she turned or you know what i mean like and yeah it's it's it, this feels like a oh this feels like an uh, yeah, yes it is written quickly but my point is that it feels like an abridged version 
yeah. of the story. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And and so it, yeah, it just feels like there's a lot missing from it. Um, but I like the premise. Um, mm. I like the art. Um, the art was again, it's not like the best art, but Jesus Christ, it, it just felt like good. Oh, I thought the art was that... reasonably good. Um... No, no, but I'm saying it's not like oh my god, but it's like Jesus, give me this art any day though over. Some of the shit that you see I, I'm looking at in like a, Marvel and DC. I'm looking at one review which gave it a C plus. I'd probably be a little bit more generous. I'd probably give it a B minus. Uh, yeah. Like I, I, I don't, I don't by any means hate this at all. And I think Ron Mars and Ron Lim have sort of done a pretty good job here. And I'd love to get the Warlock fan his opinion. You know, because I, I you know. I'm not the Warlock fan. I, well, I, you'd have to find one of the five to... Yeah, you, that's the <laughs> other point. But, but like, they're smart enough to throw in Gamora as well. And, and mm. like, you know... Oh, and even Doctor Strange as Doctor, well. No, but that's, that's good. Because someone like me, who has a bit of a prejudice against Warlock, I was like, oh, okay, oh. good. It's not just him. You know, other... His and high evolutionary. Him. I mean, again, that's why I see. I feel this may have been a tie... Not a tie-in, but, hey, Guardians of the Galaxy... Yeah. Um, let's get something, you know, uh, with some of those characters because you've got Gamora, you've got High Evolutionary, and you've got Adam, all who appeared yeah. in the most recent Guardians of the Galaxy. And, and, and that's clever. Credit to Ron Mars and Ron Lim for doing that. I, I, overall, I'm going to give you a score that may surprise you through my comments. I'm giving it a 7 because I think it succeeds yeah. mostly. And, I, and I'm not the Warlock guy, and I'm, like, giving it a 7. It is very... Look, kids... If, if you're one of these guys who, like, adores fucking Sandman and Watchmen, <laughs> this one may be not for you. But mm. if a younger reader... I but if you want that Saturday morning cartoon feel. Yeah, and I'm going to say this. I, re- I reckon a younger reader might actually enjoy this quite a bit, actually. And sure, I, 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 I think that Ron Mars has done a decent job here and... He sandpapered away enough of it that the, the 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 backstory wouldn't necessarily get too far in the way. Some of it would be confusing, like. But mm-hmm. overall, I, th- I I think it's a seven out of ten. It's a fragile seven, like it's only just seven. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's I just it, it has. But I, but if I was, I always think about if, if I had younger kids or younger niece and nephew, uh, who liked comics. If they're around that eight to ten age, I reckon this might not be a terrible one to get them. And it's a short read too, so it, it'd be like a. It wouldn't be. It wouldn't wind up to be their favourable time, oh. but it might trigger them. You know. So, just because I'm, I'm thinking about like the like the comments we've been making, all that. This would be really good if you wanted to if you wanted to get that feel of like um, golden age storytelling, yeah. yeah. Like. It's it's a you know it's again it's a it's a someone's got an idea they tell a story it, it's done a bit quickly mm. you know what I mean so it's very sort of smooth around the edges it's very but it, don't you think it feels like that yes like, uh, yes definitely sort of golden age storytelling where yeah, it it I just do. happens pretty quickly and it's all done and hey here's the bad guy the bad guy's beaten we're done but and I and I actually think not even just golden age but that older stuff. I think at times really works for a younger reader, especially. And I mean, oh my God, I always go back to those Gardner Fox Justice League stories. There are some really good ones, and they're generally wrapped up inside an issue. You know, yeah. Um, not everything needs to be um, 
17 issues. Um, if anything, the actual story is really quite slight, so I'm not sure it needed more room. Um, yeah, look, I'm giving it seven. I, I, I feel like it's quite a balanced review. Um, I certainly... Yeah, well, my score was going to be seven as well. I uh, thought it was, you know, okay, it's enjoyable, but nothing nothing that's like, oh, my God, run out and get this right now. Oh, no, it's very much for me, if I was thinking about getting something for someone else, would this be something I would get for a younger person? You know what I mean? That's how I view this one. This is not one really for me, you know? Um, so, yeah, it's was, it was good stuff. Now, next week, this is our um, bit where we just talk, talk about next week now. Um... We're going to do Demon in the Armour, Iron Man, and uh, hopefully Tash will be back next week, um, and we'll do we'll do that, do, do the Iron Man, Jerry Duggan run. I'm really looking forward to it. I'm actually super excited. Um, we will also... So next week, will your Thundercats be out? No, 7th. Okay, in Flashback Fridays, we're going to be doing the one issue of Iron Man that Chuck Dixon ever wrote. I found out about it today on Dixonverse. Okay. So I've, I've located the issue... And I thought that'll be a bit of a treat. Um, we're Chuck Dixon fans here, obviously. We waved the flag bravely for Chuck. And, um, yeah, um, we're going to get um, his Iron Man, uh, which I think will fit in with Iron Man, um, you know, as the trade of the week as well. So there's that. Um, I'm hooked on G.I. Joe, man. Fuck, seriously. Like, I am so fucking hooked right now. Oh, this Cobra Commander, dude, you've got to read it. Read it. And give me your thought. You can give your thoughts on Cobra Commander next week, man. You don't don't worry about the uh, the GI Joe Real American Hero if you don't want to. But next week, do Cobra Commander. You, I'll I'll, I'll hand it to you to do a review because I loved it. I don't want to spoil it, but I loved it, man. Cool. Seriously, it dude, it takes it right back to the start, man. This is so. It's it's got one. I'm going to give you. Well, a, again, I enjoyed the Duke one, so hopefully this one would be. Dude, get ready for this. One of the biggest twists ever seen in American comics. Bang. Think about that. Wow. One of the biggest yeah. twists ever. Uh, I mean, you've said that so many times, though, I kind of find it hard to yeah, believe Yeah, because it. it gets bigger and bigger, man. If the next wave's bigger than the last one, it's bigger. That's it. Mm, you know, you so build... what you're saying is that you are the physical embodiment of uh, Fast and the Furious. Dude, think about this. They build a fucking building. Someone else builds another bigger one. That's what's happening right now. Guys are one-upping themselves, man. You know? They're breaking, they're breaking fucking barriers, man. Jesus Christ. Guys and girls, we don't need to be sexist here. Um, is there anything else, Rich? I feel like we've been going for about 17 hours. Um, is there anything else you'd like to say to the audience? Um, thankfully, this week, you've taken less shots at me, which is nice. Last week, I was just copping it, like left, right, and center. Like, I just couldn't. It just depends on the week. <laughs> I was just, I was under siege, man. I was, I was Steven Seagal and under siege. Well, to be fair, sometimes you, sometimes you set yourself up for it. Set you haven't really been setting yourself up for that tonight. Yeah, I've been playing a more, I've been playing a more cautious game, man. Been playing a much more cautious game. Yeah, yeah, I've made you cautious. You're like, I've got to be careful what I say. Slide length, man. Slide. Not giving you any loose balls. Um, all right. So look, we've we've, we've announced the Patreon before. Join us on that. Uh, support us. It helps the show. I deeply appreciate it. Richard deeply appreciates it. Now, we're proud members of the collective. You've got Inner Demons with Brian Biggie. Um, also, by the way, a Bob Budiansky interview is going up this weekend as well. Um, Ghost Rider. 
artist and writer, sleepwalker and various other things along the way. Transformers. More than meets the eye, Rich. Um, more than meets the eye. Transform the evil forces of the Decepticons. Um, Rich, are you... Uh, I'm going to ask you a question, the easiest question in the world for you. Are you G.I. Joe or Cobra? No, G.I. Joe. Yeah, no Yeah, I was surprised it was even a pause. I'm Cobra all the way, pal. I'm Cobra more than ever now that I've got my... The, the reason there was a pause because I was actually shocked that you would even ask that question. I was actually a bit dumbfounded. I was like, is he actually asking that? Now that I've got my Viper figure and, and my, um, you know, I'm just so happy with life. I just can't get over it. All I keep thinking about is 30 Seasons of Fugitive. That'd be so fucking good. <laughs> what a shame David Jansen was taken from us, you know? He could have just kept rolling. Um, I doubt he would have done that for 30 Seasons, dude. <laughs> <laughs> 26 episodes a season. There's 30 times 26. That's a lot of episodes of Fugitive. <laughs> it's a lot That's of... It's a slog. Um, yeah, look, you've got Into the Night there. You've got Last Sons of Krypton. You've got Ghost Spider Groupies. You've got Capes and Lunatics where Ray and I turn up. Lots of cool things happening on the collective. And I just want to say, party on, keep killing, keep the dream alive, and don't forget, go. Yo, Joe! <laughs> Love it, Rich. <laughs>
Gerald.